on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bank road. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. Close. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, we have Andy and Kyle Creek and DJ. Cruise the motherfucking internet. That's what we do. I was about gonna. I was gonna steal that intro. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got the homie Kyle Creek here. You guys know him as the captain, but he is losing the captain title. It's the big news of the day. Yeah, I mean, you got some breaking news. Uh, probably no, about six you. months on, to a year on. from now, I do think I'm gonna drop go. it and move away from it. <laughs> it's just it. like, uh, it's like a joke that just took off. It was never intended to be what it is. Yeah. I started authoring under the name, but I just. Getting called the captain all the time is nice, but I'd rather just be called Kyle. You yeah. know? A lot yeah. of my friends started calling me the captain. It just feels weird. I'm just ready to break away from that. Dude, the, the funny thing is I can relate with the MSCEO project that started off as a fucking joke. There's a fucking famous Kenny Powers commercial for K-Swiss. Okay, If you go on YouTube and you type in K-Swiss, Kenny Powers. That was one of the best shows ever written. Yeah. You, do you know the commercial? Okay, East, Eastbound and Down was... Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. That dude's hilarious. Tropic Thunder, hilarious. Okay. Everything the guys are done. Anyhow, they used to, one of the, uh, one of our team members brought me a shirt one time because I love the commercial. I used to watch it over and over again because I laughed my ass off. And they bought me a t shirt that said MFCEO. And so, like, when we started the podcast, we're like, what are we going to call it? And we never knew that it was going to become anything, bro. Like, we never, like, we thought we were just going to, have fun making a thing and we named it the mfceo project it became this it's like fucking you know we were talking thing. before this i want to say like we're old but a lot of us have been online for you know seven eight nine ten years yeah no one knew what it was going to become yeah. no one knew what social media was going to be really at the time i just wanted an outlet to express my opinions i want to talk about things and i wanted to have kind of like a veil of protection from my professional career in advertising. I didn't want to go out there as Kyle Creek online because I was afraid, you know, I'd lose clients and stuff. So I just put yeah. a joke. I mean, it, was a, it was a nickname my friends had given me when I was partying hard in my 20s. Captain? You know, they, they said going out with me was like getting on a boat and waiting for it to sink, you know, because they just, <laughs> they just knew that like there's, there's a time in my life when I very much was just trying to, to get kicked out of bars. I was very yeah. fucking rowdy. And so they just called me that captain. And it stuck with me. And I was like, you could have a worse nickname, you know? Yeah. Um, so I owned it online. It just took off. It became it's a, something. No, it's a great nickname. I got publishing deals for it. And it's yeah. been hard for me to want to let it go. But in working on my new book now, which I consider like my first real book that I'm working on, uh, the idea of publishing it under the captain just feels it feels dirty. It feels That's gross. crazy to me. It's just not me. That you say that this is your first real book. Everything else After, is practice. Yeah. That you've only so. written some of the coolest Yeah, I have books seven out books out right now, but yeah. I was talking with someone else about this. They were practice. I, I don't consider them real books yet. Yeah. And I, I don't like to call myself an author either. I like to refer to myself as a writer because I think the thing about writers is you write about the world as it is, whereas authors create their own worlds. And so until I step into novels and writing those kind of books, uh, even being called an author just feels kind of odd to me. Yeah. You're definitely a writer, bro. I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You're, you're, one, you're, a, writer, you're a writer in the purest sense of a writer. Like when I, when I think of writers, I don't think of like guys who wrote books. I think of guys who wrote important shit. Yeah, like Hemingway. You know what I'm saying? Like, like these dudes who, who suffered, but also translated the suffering to, uh, 
you know, a relatable pieces that are consumed eternally. And that's ultimately yeah. what I what I try to do with my work. And that's why I don't want to use that Captain monitor yeah. on my new book. Because my new book is it's gonna yeah, you be, don't want to be dead for a hundred years and they'd be like, who the fuck is this Captain no guy? Shit. Really? Yeah. My new book is kind of like a memoir, but I, I put some unique twists into it and putting my you know moniker on that just it's not what I want to be. It's not what I want to be remembered as. And I actually really do appreciate what you said because I know online there's a lot of people giving advice. There's a lot of people trying to write these little snippets and stuff, you know, and I've been doing that for a long time, but I didn't do it with the intention of it getting big. I didn't do it with the intention of, you know, making it into a career. I just, I was working as a writer full-time in advertising and I just wanted an outlet to talk about deeper things or funny things. And I wanted to make my own jokes and have my own opinions. And so it was kind of just something I did on the side. And it wasn't until 2019 that I did it full-time. Up until 2019, I wasn't making any money as the captain. Like everyone, I had a couple books that sold really well, but they weren't paying my bills. I was paying all my bills through advertising. Um, so yeah, what is, the past couple of years is when I've actually full time just been writing my own thing. Yeah, it's fucking cool, man. I know a lot of people enjoy it. I know it helps a lot of people too, including me. So, what we got, bro? You got some stuff for us or what? I do got some good stuff. Uh, some very, very interesting stuff. Really? Actually. Yeah, for sure. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and dive into this, guys. Remember, if you want to see any of these pictures, articles, links, videos, go to andyforsella.com. You can find them there or drop down in the YouTube description below and uh, you can find them linked there as well. Uh, I wanted to bring up something since we do have uh, Kyle Creek on, the writer. Um, we got we to gotta cover this AI phenomenon. Yeah, there Fuck we go. That shit. Right? And I think this is interesting. <laughs> I think it's you and me against everybody, bro. Yeah, that's my response <laughs> yeah. on it. Uh, I, I don't know a single writer who supports it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. That's so good it's you, it's, it's me, you, and every other writer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so basically, it's everybody who has actual skills. Uh, right. Okay. So, so that's, yeah, that, that's, that's an accurate perfect explanation. on that. So <laughs> I posted about this, I think, on my story last week saying five reasons why I'll never support AI. Oh, I saw it. I had someone write back to me and say, but don't you think it removes the gateway to creation that a lot of people don't have? And they refer to uh, prior to AI, they, they called it like gatekeeping, almost like creativity was something that was reserved for like a certain elite class. And if that doesn't speak to the victim mentality you speak about so much, I don't know what does. Like to refer to artists and creators as gatekeeping like a talent, I can't even think of words for how stupid that is to think that because no, 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 it's disrespectful. It is disrespectful because here's what it in, here's what it assumes by the nature of the comment. First of all, to write you have to have experienced, and just because you want to create doesn't mean that you should be able to create yes. if you haven't experienced. Mm-hmm. And so you are supposed to write to share things of value that you have experienced. And what that person is saying is, I want to cut out all the experience and I want to create. And so it's just like everything else. I want the six pack, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to work. Mm -hmm. I want the, you know, the $10 million a year salary, but I don't want to do the work. Like this, it, it, it gives these people, these people cheer for it because they have no real skills or willingness to go out and get the real skills. It's, it's totally what you're saying. It's people wanting it now and they don't understand any writer or artist, how much work they've put in and how emotionally taxing it is to put yourself out there in those ways as a writer and creator. And, you know, it takes 10, 15, 20 years for a lot of people to find their stride in their creative field. 
And for someone to refer to that as gatekeeping, like, oh, well, AI removes the gatekeeping so everyone can create. It's, it's, but it's not so, for everyone. It's well, just not, wrong. Not only that, it's, it's the wrong way to view just life entirely. Dude, not only that, it's still not you. It's not you. You and know what I'm saying? Is, like, that's the, well, like, the, that's AI, the biggest hangup dude, I don't and get. The AI it's is a, trained on the creativity of others. It's, it's not even like original AI. It's AI taking everything that's been fed yeah. and turned into something else. So it's all these people who actually have tried to write and create. The AI is now borrowing from all of them. Well, yeah, it's not really AI. Yeah. What it is, is it's a highly advanced Google machine yes. that can consolidate data that's already been created by creative people and then regurgitate it to make sense to you or customize it to make sense to you. These, this thing doesn't actually think yet. In my, yet, yet. That's in a my, big hang up. Yeah, yeah it might. And yeah. if it does, we're fucked. Yeah. Ter Terminator was a documentary. That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, listen, I got some good friends who are all up on it, right? And, and <clears throat> I love these dudes. They're good dudes. I like them a lot. But I think just, and this is what I said on the show previously, I think when it comes to the AI thing, People have a hard time really understanding the negative impl implications of it because they're blinded by their own ambition and greed for what they can create with it. And they don't understand that the net negative is going to be so bad because, dude, here's what they're not considering. If it opens up the gatekeeping, quote unquote, then what advantage do you actually have by using the AI? Because everybody can use it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like they're, they're, we're failing to think about the actual natural order that this creates. And the truth of the matter is, is that the people with real skills are still going to be much, they're actually going to become more valuable in my opinion. Mm. Like I just had this talk with our company yesterday. We don't utilize, we're not planning on replacing people. We're not, we're not doing this. And like some people, some business gurus are like, you're insane, bro. You're going to get swallowed up. I don't think so. I actually think because we do employ real people and because our real people actually do give a shit about what they do, we'll actually stand out more amongst mm -hmm. all the people that yeah. use the technology. And so that's where I'm placing my bets. Maybe I'm wrong and it costs me everything, mm -hmm. but like I'm not going to sell out human beings yeah. for Pla technology. Well, I mean, you weren't wrong about the, the, the virtual real estate shit. Or the NFT shit. Or I ain't been wrong about a whole lot. Bro. That's what I'm saying. So it's yeah. like, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, I, I do want to get into this because we talk about the consequences of AI, right? And the, the actual effects that can have in reality, uh, which is exactly what we just witnessed uh, yesterday. So I want to I get into this. And, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but let's check out this first headline. Um, this is not topic one. This is just intro talk. But headline reads, fake image of explosion near Pentagon went viral, even though it never happened. Have you guys seen this yet? I yeah, so it this cost is the S&P like $500 million. It's a whole new shit. form of stock manipulation. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, I guarantee some people shorted the S&P when this happened and made a fuck ton of money yeah. off it. A shit ton of money. And what's scary about that is now there's an entirely new way to manipulate markets and it showed that it worked. It absolutely but worked. What, what I thought you were going to pull up is I don't know if you saw about a month or two ago, um, a photographer entered a competition. I think it was in Germany. I don't know for, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah. he won this photography competition. And when he went to accept the award, he said it was AI. And he said, I did this on purpose to prove to you guys that you're not ready for this. Good for him. Because you guys can't separate the real from the fake right now. So it's this really cool image. I think like a daughter and a mom, mm -hmm. like real emotional it like image. like a pencil graphite drawing. And it was yeah. all AI created. And he did it to prove a point. That's and cool. I think that right there is just 
first of all, I think that guy's kind of some kind of hero to do that at that scale right now. But it just shows we're not ready for it. And this right here shows we're not ready for it. Bro. The fact that anyone is trying to advance at this point, knowing the ramifications that are already happening, it's it's scary. There's there's a moral, there's a blurred moral line around it right now. And it's blurred because of what I said a minute ago. People understand that they can potentially make money. Mm-hmm. Remember what I said a couple of weeks ago about how they were going to implement this shit? Greed. They were going to use greed. Well, it's like this, it's like crypto and the shit coins. Like people, right. people knew they can make money. NFT is the same way. And there was a lot of, yep. and a lot of the guys you probably follow or know of, a lot of prominent investors, yep. a lot of people that have big ties to the stock market were promoting crypto coins and bullshit NFTs. Yeah. Because they were getting paid, you know, a million up front to promote this coin. And to see them do that, I because I knew some of the guys that were doing it too, and it just it was so scammy to me. I was like, you know for a fact you're screwing people. Yeah. Like how I don't know how people You know what's do that. crazy about that, dude? And and I saw that all that shit too. But what's crazy about that is that people have a hard time remembering who did those things. I've noticed I this. don't. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> like I'm very proud, like for the last three years of the messages that you and I have put out no. and our team has put out. I stand on those, but like I was looking, I was looking online the other day, and it's like People aren't connecting the dots. Like, you should support the people who stood up for you. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I saw this dude the other day uh, promoting this other company's uh, product in a company. I have a competitive company too, and he knows that. I'm not going to say which one. But I, I wanted to DM him and be like, bro, like, how much did they stand up for you during all this time? What did they say? What did they stand for? Right? And it's like, People aren't connecting the dots and they're not connecting the dots in a good way. And they're not connecting the dots in a negative way either. They're not saying, man, these dudes try to sell me this crypto bullshit mm-hmm. and they're still like going to their stuff. Well, now know? they're trying to sell you a program to, you know, pick stocks like they do. Now they're selling you life coaching. I mean, I know, I know you I know. and I talked about it when yeah. I went off and all that stuff. Yeah. The same people that were scamming people are now trying to sell you courses and now trying to sell you all these like, yeah. oh, come to my live event yeah. seminar. And they're trying to duplicate, you know, your Arte syndicate yeah. model. But a year ago, they were just ripping people off blatantly it, to bro, their face. It, it blows my mind that people don't remember that stuff. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. Yeah. And that's kind of why I went off in that life coaching no, thing. I, I get think, it. I think six months ago when you and I were talking about yeah. it. Um, it's I get hard it. To I see. fucking message him. I'm like, hey, bro, just know <laughs> I'm there's a, some good ones out there. Well, I wrote you back. <laughs> yeah. I wrote you back and said, Andy, you're like that 1%, the 1% that actually has created the life you're promoting. Yeah. You know, you actually, the life that you're helping people attain you have actually done it yourself. And that's another thing I know you recently talked about is these people are trying to put the, you know, the cart before the horse where it's like, ooh, I'm going to get rich off my coaching program, teaching people how to get rich. Like that's a scam as old as time. That yeah. scam was going on like the 90s on infomercials. Yeah, yeah. Now it's the same shit just on Instagram reels. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand how people don't see through that stuff. Because they're desperate. It's true. Yeah. And it's getting worse now yeah. with the economy now. People are more desperate for money. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it's it. It's predatory, bro. Very, that, very that, much. That's, that's why I have a problem with it. Yeah. It's, like, I wish consumers, that was my point. I wish consumers would connect the dots both ways. I wish consumers would connect the dots better by supporting the companies that don't do the fucking fucked up shit that, that have companies have done for the last four years. And, and for the people who own those companies that have stood up for them, risked their entire lives to stand up for what they believe to be right when it was completely unpopular. I mean, bro, do you like, I don't think people realize the amount of heat that I, him and I have taken over the last three years. Like it's yeah. been fucking insane. I've had people show up at my house, I've had fucking had to have people arrested. I've had people fucking show up and like 
shut my gate down so I couldn't get in my fucking thing and try to like confront me. Like I could go on and on and on and on. Like this happens what every sixty days? We've had seven just the seven this year arrests alone. this year. Yeah. Okay. At so, the house or here at first? Both. So so like, dude, like, you know, you guys, you know, you should think about the people who stood up for your shit when you go to buy purchases. That's yeah. that's a, that's an important thing. And I'm not saying just me. I'm saying anybody. Yeah. But also the people who try to bullshit you, you should remember that and don't fall for yeah. your shit next time. Yeah. Like, I take it so far as to like uh, even certain celebrities that let me down during the past two or three years. I mean. I know they said that COVID was an IQ test. I think it was as much a character test as anything to see how I quick, think that's what it was. See how quickly you turn on your fellow humans. Yeah. Any celebrity that I fell into that category of like trying to divide and hate, I don't even watch their movies anymore. Mm -mm. No. I was like, I know, like, I know you're gonna get like a fraction of a percent off my streaming when I watch your movie. Yeah. And I know it doesn't matter, Dude. but I'm still not gonna watch it because out of principle now, I don't want to support anything you do because I saw what happened when you were actually tested to you know basically support the people that have supported you your whole career dude tom hanks used to be like i say i consider saving private ryan probably the greatest movie ever made yeah right below legends of the fall huh legends of the fall legends of the fall up there for sure <laughs> great great movie legends of the fall mm -hmm. it's good dude you never seen it yeah no. it's, it's good you dj me. yeah me yeah god every time on here i feel like there's movies you haven't seen yeah it's a good one it's up there with like the Braveheart's and shit. Okay. You should watch it. All right. Well, well so not the same about, concept, but good. You were talking about Montana. He'll like it a lot. Stuff. It's a Montana movie. Okay. Right. No, no, he'll like it a lot, bro. He's like, he's, he's like a Brokeback big soft teddy bear. But that's the best thing about it. It's an yeah. emotional roller coaster. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, Tom Hanks. Yeah. My point is, <laughs> fuck you, Tom Hanks. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. You know I'm saying? Like, bro, like, bro, I know. But I feel the opposite about Tom Cruise. Right, right. Right. Like, you know, and it, and, and, dude, like, I, yeah, man, Hollywood culture and everything to me is over. Like there's nothing, yeah, th it's over for me. I think they killed themselves in a lot of ways. I, I don't think, I don't, I think most people are over it. I don't think that, they, I think they've completely lost their ability to influence anybody unless you are literally talking about like a very indoctrinated, smooth brain, unaware human being who just very like NPC, you know, they're, they're a non-playable character. You know, they're they, those people could still be influenced by Hollywood, but I don't think most people can. I, yeah, it depends on and fucking this dude. This shit here is going to put him out of business anyway. Uh, this shit yeah, he's covering. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> there was something else too that that I thought was interesting about this this uh, AI story. Um, you know, like there's been plenty of like deep fakes. I guess they're calling them right. Like, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the one with Pope in the Balenciaga jacket. This is AI generated. It looks real. It looks fucking real. Yeah. Right. Um, but here, the interesting I mean, thing, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a pimp coat it's too. It's a pretty fly outfit. I'm I mean, it is Balenciaga, but I yeah. mean, you know, um, but the interest, what was weird about this whole thing. And I, I, I mean, I know that corporate, not, I don't want to call it espionage, but sabotage is a real thing, right? With these high level companies, like they will do shit to fuck with each other. Right. One thing that I thought was interesting about this AI story is that this, uh, it started all on Twitter, right? And all of MSM very, very quickly began to bash Musk and Twitter because it came from a, a verified Twitter account that originally shared it, right? This is comical for a lot of reasons. 
Right. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. That's that's really, really interesting. Right. It's kind of the pot calling the kettle black there. Right. Well, exactly. it's under yeah. owner Elon Musk, the articles, this CNN article uh, under owner Elon Musk, Twitter has allowed anyone to obtain a verified account in exchange for a monthly payment. As a result, Twitter verification is no longer an indicator that an account represents who it claims. Represent. Did you hear Elon paying for the check marks for people that were like there were celebrities and writers that were going against it saying, oh, and ban the check mark. Now if someone has a check mark, it means you can't trust them. And so like some high, very high level writers were doing that and they noticed they still had check marks. Like uh, I think Stephen King was one of them, for example. And Elon was just fucking with them. Like he's like, oh, I'm personally paying for your check mark now. I'm going to keep your check mark on there because you're so against having them. And he was do he did that to a slew of That's writers hilarious. That's online awesome. just to troll them. That's hilarious. But I bring up this corporate sabotage, right? So like, and like everybody was on this board, right? Vilifying Twitter, right? And I thought it was interesting because at the same time, literally a day before this AI thing comes out, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Instagram is launching a Twitter comparative, uh, a competitive to a uh, competitor to Twitter. Won't work. Who it doesn't owns? surprise me because that's what they've been trying to do in the DMs with those little, they call it the notes or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're, what, try, what? they're trying to do the old school Twitter where it's like character restricted. Well, well, who owns Instagram? Facebook. Okay. Yeah, Meta. Who does Facebook, we know they side with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, not, it's not even who they side with, dude. They, it's not that they even, it's that they're fucking leveraged by the three letter agencies that control them. Yeah. Like if this isn't just Zuckerberg taking a side. If Zuckerberg just sided with them, he wouldn't go on Rogan and say, hey, the FBI told me to do this shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, he, this is a young man who got caught early in the fucking, in their, got, they got their hooks in him early. That they made him a lot of money. 23. And now yeah. he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, that's what's going on. But you're also right, though, that it's not going to work. Like, just from, no, a, business, just from a business people, perspective. People don't try, people, dude, IG, Facebook, Zuckerberg, Meta, people are fucking done with. Like, the censorship and the amount of traffic uh, buffering they do and traffic control, like, it's insane. And the reason Twitter works is because people know that it's not on there. And these fucking far left people all want to think that everybody hates it when everybody loves it. Right. They I think Twitter sucks now, though, because the thing is, I made my career on Twitter, like the way they've changed the algorithm and stuff. Twitter is a lot of fixing to do to well, even make it like usable again. But what I was saying is, well, it's good from a censorship standpoint. Yeah. But I was saying, like, even to try and like replicate that on Instagram, it's not going to work because users aren't going to convert that way. Like, it's just what they're trying to do is just foolish. Well, it's a different behavior. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a. It's that what I've discovered from doing social for years and what I'm learning on YouTube, because we're very brand new to YouTube, is that they all have their own communities. I used to think that everybody used all of them because I was a creator. Mm -hmm. For that's all how, of them. Yeah. yeah. So, so I used all of them. You know, this is back when I was doing social. I don't really do it too much anymore. But uh, I, I, I used to think that those people went to all of them. But what I'm finding out, especially with YouTube, and you guys are watching right now, is I think it's really cool because I think the YouTube community is probably the most positive and cool out of all of them. Um, is that they all have different cultures. They all have different behaviors. They all talk a different way, act a different way. And Twitter people are Twitter people. You're not going to fucking convert IG That's people. That's exactly what I'm yeah, saying. You're Twitter. not going to move them over. It's a different yeah. crowd. I think IG is dying, dude. I think so too. Yeah. We were talking about it like a month or two ago. I yeah. have a hard time even using I had to yeah. like remind myself to use social media now. And I made my career on social media. Me too. I don't even care to be involved in it. I don't either. It just 
bores me to death. I think it's all gotten kind of yeah. bland. It all looks the same. I'm getting fed all this crap my algorithm I don't care about. I like creating stuff. I like that we're doing the show on YouTube. I think that's cool. I think it's cool because like we get to meet a whole bunch of new people. There's been a lot of new people coming to the show that yeah. weren't there before. And um, it, it feels like kind of like- a new frontier. Yeah. Well, dude, it kind of feels like when I started with Instagram, yeah. where like I was like, it was fun because it was like, you were like, cop, yeah. Like, well, and you start seeing a lot of success coming. You're like, oh, cool, yeah. it's working. New it was just more yeah. fun. I get like, it. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So fuck AI. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Everybody yeah. on three. One, two, three. Yeah. Fuck, fuck AI. AI. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's get into these topics. Let's, let's start with this. So cruising. hold on. Before we get into that, what do you not like about Twitter now compared to before? Because uh, I can I, tell you this. Like, bro, I love the fact that anybody can say anything they fucking want. Oh, I've always loved that. It drives fact. these motherfuckers crazy now. Oh, Twitter, you like Twitter like five, six years ago was an absolute hellscape yeah. in the sense that it was it was like it was like just you could do whatever the fuck you want. And yeah. I loved it at that time yeah. because I thought it was fun to get on. Now Twitter, when you get on, they feed you all these accounts you're not following. They try and like recommend stuff. They're trying to get you to follow new people. And I don't even see the accounts I used to follow. Yeah. And I've also noticed that my engagement rate is just plummeted. Mm -hmm. um from what i used to even when i had like half the following i used to get three times the response i do now and stuff and so it just feels it feels almost dead to me I, yeah but dude i think that's somewhat connected to what we were just talking about a minute ago with instagram i don't think it's actually that instagram is dying i think people are moving away from living on their phones i think mm -hmm. so too i think it's a behavioral change and i think and i can i can support this because i own companies that exist in real life where people have to go to them yeah um Though the, my companies that have retail locations or locations where people have to go are setting records. They've never been busier ever, yeah. ever, ever, that's, ever. That's good knowledge. Can, yeah. yeah. And what that tells me is that people are craving in person, not on the phone. And we're seeing this health movement of, you know, and it gets a little hippie-ish, right? But look, I'm doing the fucking cold <laughs> plunges and shit, right? But like, you know, the grounding and the the mental health and like everybody's becoming aware of that they're supposed to be out in reality. Yeah, I don't think it's hippie-ish at all. I think it's no, healthy. no, no. But you get what I'm saying. Like it's it's yeah. it's like a what well, um, was considered hippie. Yeah, three years it's like ago. it's yeah. it feel like it can feel a little granola sometimes because these people are so into it. But the point is, most people are starting to fucking wake up to that, even like mainstream. Yeah, and and so, um. I think it's a behavior change. I think you're seeing less traffic maybe because there's less people. Actually. I hope it goes that way. Yeah. Well, Twitter also, you got to remember too, one of the big changes that Elon had was he, he basically like put a hard stop on the previous algorithms that were put in place where you were rewarded for staying within certain narratives with more exposure, more impressions. Yeah. He put a hard pause on a lot of that stuff too. Because I mean, there was a lot of accounts out there were complaining about engagement and how everything was going down. He just put a hard stop on all yeah, of that. I used to crush her on Twitter. That was like my yeah. thing. I'd Tweets I've never, never used ahead of a hundred thousand, you know, impressions in like a matter of days. Yeah, I've never used it. But I like time. what you're saying though, because yeah. I was telling them be ahead of time, like ninety percent of my writing now is off social media. Mm -hmm. It's into these books and these other things I'm working on, and I don't feel the need to create as much for social media. I'd rather create books and like we're talking about, like Hemingway kind of stuff. When I die a hundred years from now, my social feed's not going to be what lives mm -hmm. on. It's going to be these books. I but create. that's what they've been selling you in society for the last ten years. They've been selling your social feed as like your fucking legacy. Yeah. There's your book. Listen, yeah. your but that also has been scaring people because that's that's how they scared you into being like, oh, do you want this to really be there for your whole life? Like, yeah, people were afraid. Don't be, oh, careful be careful what you, what you say. post in your twenties because yeah. when you're sixty, it's going to still be there. So yeah. it's kind of been a double edged sword that way. Yeah. 
Right. Well, you're, well, you're saying those because I just we're moving next week. We just bought a house with some property because we're leaving like, Miami. We're trying to get like somewhere. We're two hours north by West Palm. We're trying to have more of the lifestyle I grew up with as a kid. And so we're checking out this new area. And I saw two boys riding down the street with fishing poles. Yeah, that's cool. On their bikes. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is this is the only community we looked at homes. And as soon as I saw that, I knew that's the life I want for my son. Yeah. That's exactly how I grew up. And it's all dirt roads, like an equestrian community. People ride their horses down the road. Yeah. And we're trying to very much, my girlfriend and I, go back to that lifestyle as much as we can. And just with how much I travel, when I'm home, I just want to be a recluse. Yeah. Like, I want to be on my property and I well, want to just work. you're a little that way anyway. I've always kind of been yeah. that way. But now we're trying to really, you know, step it up and go that direction. Yeah. In our That's lives. cool, man. Yeah, we're stoked. Congrats. We know as much land as you, but we're stoked on it. Hey, look. You know, like I'm trying to get more. You know? like, Come down to Florida. Yeah, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to recreate the house I live in on like 600 to a thousand acres. I sent you that property yeah. in California. I mean, that, well, the property in Florida that had two thousand acres. Yeah, that's what I'm going for next. Yeah, My next thing is going to be like a mega fucking rounds. Yeah, and you, you and you ain't coming. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be like uh, now you can come yeah, right yeah right. you'll be like uh, the Dutton family on Yellowstone yeah you know? it was like two hundred fifty six thousand acres yeah. they own on that show yeah I'll be his rip yeah that's right yeah you gotta right. learn to ride take, a horse you gotta take motherfuckers yeah, to the train I, station I, I'd only, like I'd like to see you on a horse I've only ridden a horse once yeah and and he was at like an eleven year old birthday party <laughs> when you walk around the backyard that's it he fucking quit yeah I'll be you fucking horse. retired him. <laughs> Uh, the fucking horses walk around with a fucking horse cane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get, let's start, uh, let, let's keep this, this show on the road, uh, man. Let's get, start the show. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. headline number one, let's get into it. Uh, driver with Nazi flag charged with threat to kill or harm president, VP, or family member after DC U Haul crash. You know what I'm going to say, right? What was that? This dude is like from like 10 minutes from here. Yeah, well, I got all of it. Okay. Oh, I, I got you. Yeah. Oh, I got first you. Time, first thing I saw when I saw it, I'm like, fuck, this is somehow coming to me. <laughs> These motherfuckers are going to fucking blame this on me. Like, somehow right. this. Yeah. Real shit. You know, the first thing I thought, though, like, legitimately, I'm like, because the kid kind of looks like one of the guys that we've, rent, we've had to deal with. Oh, really? Recently. Oh, really? And I'm like. What, like the weirdos? That yeah, that, yeah Andy. like manic behavior, shit like that. And that, that's the first thing. It's not even weirdos, This bro. is the guy that gave you all the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> that was a different guy. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm like, holy shit, this guy. Like, he looks familiar. I did a check. We're fine. We're in the clear. But uh, it definitely threw me off, too. Uh, but I got some interesting shit about this story. So let, let's dive into this. So, so the driver, article reads, the driver of a U-Haul truck that barreled into a security area near the White House has been arrested on multiple charges, including threatening to kill or harm a president uh, as a Nazi swastika flag was retrieved from the vehicle. The man... Um, who identity was not released at the time of this article. We do know now. Um, he crashed the box truck onto barriers on the north side of Lafayette Square, about a block from the White House, uh, at about 10 p.m. Monday night. Uh, the suspect faces the charge of threatening to kill, kidnap, or inflict harm on a president, vice president, or family member, uh, the U.S. Park Police said in a statement to the Post. He also faces charges of assault with a dangerous weapon, reckless operation of a motor vehicle, destruction of federal property, and trespassing, according to that agency. Now, a video was posted uh, by the Insider paper that shows the dramatic moment the vehicle mounted a curb and slammed into the security barrier. Here's the video for you guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
so the way they wrote this shit, they're acting like this motherfucker's driving like 70 miles so an hour down the street. That was not very dramatic at all. That looked like some dumbass that didn't know how to drive a box truck. That's yeah. exactly what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> like gas on the right, bro. Right. Right. <laughs> some guy thought he was reversing off and went forward. That's, what it, that's what, like, what it looked like. You were at the gas station and you meant to step on the brake. You accidentally hit the gas. Yeah. Like, that's what right. that looked like. I don't know. I mean, he's all he's definitely off the curb. Like yeah. he, he jumped I mean, the curb. Look like bro, I've seen worse driving in fucking rental U-Hauls. That's true. Well, pretty so, much every single time I see one. So so uh it says, quote, preliminary investigation reveals the driver may have intentionally struck the security barriers at Lafayette Square. Secret Service spokesman uh Anthony Guglimini uh Guglimi? Oh, no, I can't even help you with that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Guglimi. Anthony G. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, sir, uh, Secret Service I'm sure spokesman. In his family, it's Tony G. Yeah, That's right. what they call him. Uh, Secret Service spokesman Anthony G said uh, images from the scene uh, showed a Nazi flag and other objects thrown on the ground next to the vehicle uh, as authorities investigated. A Reuters uh, witness said investigators found the flag, which apparently came from inside the truck. Bomb technicians who searched the truck found no explosives or incendiary uh, devices. Uh, inside a law enforcement source familiar with the probe told CNN, uh, witness Benjamin Berger, what a great name, uh, said he heard the initial crash, then saw the vehicle slam into the barrier. Now, here's a couple of pictures for you guys. Okay, there's the, the Nazi swastika flag laying on the ground. There's a backpack, right? Um, they're searching the back of the truck. There's nothing in it. Just the dolly, right? Now, um, he opted for the dolly, which is. Oh, well, I mean, dude, you got to remember that's an extra 20 bucks, too, for that dollar. Twelve ninety nine. I ran a right. U-Haul last week. <laughs> DJ, it must be charging more because you're black. Well, yeah, there's literally it's fucking there's racism. no other possible reason. Yes, 100%. Um, but we now know the identity. So he's a 19-year-old, poli- uh, this headline reads, police, 19-year-old Sivar Sheath Candula drove U-Haul into barrier near White House, Nazi flag found inside. So the driver of this rented box truck that crashed into security barriers in the White House um, has been identified by police as 19-year-old Sivar Sheath Candula. Uh, this is the gentleman here. Okay. Um, now, and of course, you know, everybody was talking about it. CNN's on it. MSM's all on it. Here's the interesting thing, though. Okay. Uh, they, they made a stark... Uh, disassociation between this Nazi flag and this guy, something they have not done in the past, right? They're saying the, the truck was carrying the Nazi flag, not, not the guy who actually drove the truck. I thought that was interesting. Um, the other thing too, though, right? Like, so we saw that AI, uh, just in the earlier topic, was able to cause a $500 billion market cap swing from a fake AI picture. Right. Oh shit! It was five hundred billion. Oh, five hundred billion. Chunk of Fuck! Money. I thought it was five hundred million. Oh, no, so, no, someone billion. shorted that market. And made oh a my chunk god! Change for right, sure. but we see that right with with something that didn't happen. But then you have something that actually happens, and I thought it was interesting that the market was just fine. There was no dips. There's nothing. nothing well, there. I mean, well, it was the difference between an explosion. Yeah, and, and some yeah. driving a truck. Yeah. All right. Now here's the thing. Let's put some dots together, okay? And did some digging. Remember, this is a 19-year-old kid. He's from Chesterfield, Missouri, right down the street. You get amazing smoothies at that Chesterfield Supplement Superstores. Just letting you know. That's not an ad. (laughs) Shameless plus. You go in there, they'll make you a fucking great smoothie. Yeah, right. Right there in Chesterfield. He must have needed one. That's why he's angry. But, But here's the thing, man. So I did some calculations. I did some research, okay? To get that truck, that was a 26 foot truck. It would have cost him $2,100. 
to get that truck. He drove it from from here to oh, DC. Really? Uh and then probably another $270 in gas, okay? How does a 19-year-old with no history of like, you know, any real work employment, how is he able to afford something like That's that? That's an easy credit card purchase right there. Yeah. I mean, and I just I just rented a 26-footer. It depends on it's those truck Prices fluctuate so much, supply and demand. The one I got was 210 bucks. Yeah, but the DJ plays, pays more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I no, I, I literally put it in there, like asking me where I was going. I, it, I said from here to there. If it was a pricing, that's not the right question. Purchase. What's the right question? The right question is why was the truck empty? Mm-hmm. Where did the Nazi flag come from? What's this guy's social history? What's he been posted on social? What's he say? Okay. Uh, Here's something I've learned that and this is this is just the truth. There's a lot of really mentally like legitimately ill people out there and I don't think people really understand what mental illness actually is because it's been monetized so heavily by the therapy industry, mm-hmm. okay? Therapy's a 400 billion dollar industry. All right. And everybody talks about mental illness and they think it's like when you don't feel good and you're just going through a rough patch and you don't you need feel some like therapy and, shit. and doing right? Like, dude, we all go through those times. We all have bad shit. We all got dark stories. Well, the two options are take pharma or go to therapy. Right. Exactly. Usually it's a combination of but, both. But, but mental illness, when, when we were young, when you and I were young, meant like a crazy person. Yeah, right. Schizophrenic. Yeah. yeah. Or, or a manic, like somebody that is like manic, bipolar. legit crazy. And people are confusing what, like most people have never experienced someone like that, like a real insane person. And I I have, I've had multiple times because of the show. And I'm sure other people that have shows have dealt with this as well. But bro, these, like these people are, they're fucking ill. Like Mm -hmm. they don't understand reality. They don't understand what's going on. And, you know, what is this guy's history with this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, they are so quick to write these stories and make them, you know, like I think they even came out right away with this and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were saying that this was a fucking act of white supremacy. Right. Which I knew from the beginning that it wasn't. The motherfucker ain't white. Well, you know, you, that's not how I knew. You know how I knew? Because we all know white supremacists don't use U-Haul. They use fucking Penske and fucking Mayflowers. He's Mayflyer. Huh? You know what I'm saying? Uh, That's how I knew from. Uh, oh my god, like, right. that dude ain't white. All right, he, yeah. <laughs> you, you're gonna. You know what? See those four trophies over there? I'm yeah. taking one back. I feel like I earned <laughs> one. Oh, oh, I'm taking one good. back, bro. I was gonna say, like, I don't even think that should have been a headline story. Like that story, yeah. I don't even know. It, it seemed like such a. It sounds stretch. like they're trying to just make it's something a stress, out of nothing. Trying to make something yeah. out of it. I agree. It seems like a sad troubled angry perhaps very mentally ill kid yeah he's very much a kid 19 yeah. years you're a kid and it seems to me like he just did something well, really fucked up and stupid yeah but bro they they are intentionally creating mental illness and i'm not talking about depression i'm not talking about you're going through a hard time i'm not talking about working through your quote-unquote trauma or whatever the fuck you guys want to call it I'm talking about mental, real mental illness. I'm talking about people who have lost a grip on reality and they are, they are like not capable of functioning in a real society. There's so many of those people and they're being intentionally created by these, uh, the systems that are elite f- 
fuck, quote unquote, elite. Well, most of the homeless population is a mental illness issue. Yeah, yeah, but bro, absolutely. But they're creating it, okay? And and here's what people don't understand. I talked about this in 2015-16 on the MFCEO project. When you remove the truth from the upbringing of a child and you tell them that everything is fair and that you are special for being born and that there is no competition because we're going to give you trophies for showing up uh, to the game now. Okay. No longer do you have to be, do you have to be good? You could just get a trophy for showing up to you fucking get trophies for bad jokes. These right. Days. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you get them taken away for that. All right. <laughs> Let me guess. He gets but, one for that one. Huh? But we, yeah, that's right. I'm giving it to fucking Kyle. That's right. I'm taking it from you and I'm giving it to Kyle. All right. Well, Some fair. fucking racism right there, buddy. And, I, and afterwards we're going to go get ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so dude, so we have to understand that these people eventually have to be put in the real world. Okay, so when you intentionally do not equip a child from the time that they begin their education, and I use that term very loosely, to the time that they're ready to go out in the world and you don't teach them any skills, their natural realization is going to be hopelessness. Okay, they're going to go out in the wor real world and they're going to be angry because they're going to realize that it's not anything what they were told. They're going to be, they're going to think it's the world attacking them. They're going to think the world's unfair to them because they've been told that the world is this other way for the last 18 years that it is not. And so we're dealing with this like bad mental illness slash losing the grip on reality because of the system that they've created intentionally. And so that's why we see all these young, young people like doing this crazy ass shit because dude, if you had been told your whole life that the world was literally this opposite way, meaning you don't have to compete. Everybody wins. Everything's fair. It's all good. Everybody's nice. Sunshine, rainbows, flowers, butterflies. And then you get out in the real world, which I'm fortunate enough and you're fortunate enough to have been brought up understanding the rules of the game. Like you have to be fucking good. You have to sacrifice. You're going to have to do things other people don't do. You have to be good to win. These are natural order principles. If you're the slowest fucking gazelle, you're going to fucking lose. Okay. You don't die. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you don't got to be the fastest. You got to be faster than the slowest one. All right. But there's a level of urgency that people have to have. And these people are being pushed out into the world without any of it. Okay. So then you got to think, what would your natural reaction be to that? It would be anger. Okay. And you wouldn't be angry at the people who taught you. You would be angry at the world because you would say, man, the world's fucked up. No, the world is what it is. You were told the wrong thing. All right. And then the other thing that they would have is hopelessness because they're going to realize that they can't operate in that world. So they're, they become like very dangerous. And I think that's the worst feeling anyone could have at any point in their life is hopelessness. Yeah. yeah. I think and, that is like the bottom rung of bad, yeah. bad emotion. Yeah, bro. And it's that's what causes people to do desperate things. You'll that, do anything. At that's that what point. causes people to kill themselves. That's what causes people to kill other people. Yeah. That's what makes people susceptible to fucking do things they wouldn't normally do. Right. So. You know, we have a we have an entire generation of 18 to 20 year old kids where a lot of them are this way because they were brought up in a lie. And, and bro, that's something that we should all be considering right now. Yeah, it's akin to like cult like thinking, you know, when you pull someone out of a cult, they've been raised in their whole life or even like a very starch, you know, religious background during those years of your life that are very formative when you finally have to come to the reality of the world. It's just it breaks you mentally. Yeah. And that's why you see a lot of people who are removed from these cults or removed from like you know like the uh warren jeff's you know guy that had that whole thing going in colorado city like they pull some of those kids out or kids run away and escape they have the hardest time 
yeah. assimilate into any kind of natural society because they're 400 years of their brain and belief system and completely fucked. Yeah. And so I think that's, I, I really just think this is a sick kid. And I that's do, I I do believe too. he's a kid. I don't think he's anywhere near being, you know, uh, mentally stable and or developed. Let's not even talk about the fact that our three letter agencies completely just made up a fucking report to cr create a situation that made our president look like he was a traitor to our country. If they would do that, they would certainly lay a Nazi flag out in front of some poor kid to create a narrative that they wanted to create. Just saying. So there's that too. And I have no proof of that, but I'm just saying if they're capable of doing this, they're certainly capable of doing that. This was a, this was a desperate headline grab. Agree. Like. I, I, that's how I see it too, bro. Like I, I, 20 years ago, this wouldn't have made the news. No. 10 years ago. This is a, this is a tool to try and push yeah. the narrative. 10 years ago, this wouldn't have made the news. Like this seems like the kind of shit that happens in a big city every Friday. But it also you know, shows asshole, you, you know, or some asshole or someone that needs help runs a truck and do a barrier. Like that happens well, all the time in cities. Well, what's that tell you though? They're desperate. Fucking right. They're fucking desperate. Yep. Well, guys, that was headline number one. Uh, let's move on to headline number two. This is an uh, interesting conversation here. Headline who reads, Reparations fights roars as some cities push million-dollar payments to black Americans. Our civic obligation. Um, so this is an interesting one. Um, Fox News reports, uh, article reads, the battle over reparations is growing across the United States as local, state, and federal officials weigh everything up to seven-figure direct payments to black Americans. While some advocates call it a long-overdue policy addressing a history of oppression, its foes call it a misguided, divisive, and harmful approach that exacerbates issues rather than solving them. Polls show it is broadly unpopular with Americans, but it nevertheless has received serious attention in both Washington and municipalities around the country. Representative Cori Bush uh, here in Missouri, alongside several other progressive lawmakers, unveiled the Reparations Now resolution last week. Oh, they're bringing this here now. Mm -hmm, calling okay. for $14 trillion in reparations for black Americans. Quote, uh, the United States has a moral and legal obligation to provide reparations for the enslavement of Africans and its lasting harm on the lives of millions of black people, Bush said in a news conference. Amid the debate, policy experts are divided on the feasibility and necessity of reparations. Quote, the reason why we are experiencing this momentum at the moment is because the present is catching up with overdue history. Cornell Williams Brooke. Uh, Brooks, a professor at the Harvard Kennedy School, told Fox News Digital, adding that the push is to make amends for America's history of slavery. Uh, quote, reparations is about repair, Brooks said. Uh, and that uh, may mean a variety of forms of reparations to people who have been harmed in different ways, children who've been harmed, adults who have been or are the descendants of chattel slaves, but also those who have endured the harm of Jim Crow segregation. Brooks, who was a civil rights attorney, and also formerly served as the president and CEO of the uh, NAACP, said people should not be making money allocations until a larger conversation is had. But we want to talk about receipts and price tags before we talk about harm. And we don't do that in any other context, Brooks said. Now, here's another guy. We got Robert Woodson. Um, he's a civil rights activist who opposes reparations. Uh, said the push is purely political. Quote, my most cynical self says that this is more about the elections of 2024 than it's about reparations from 1619, Woodson said, who is also the founder and president of the Woodson Center. 
Uh, Woodson, who went viral for slamming reparations on Dr. Phil last month, told Fox News Digital that reparations would not solve the problem the black community uh, today. Quote, in order to solve a problem, you've got to properly diagnose and reparations is no answer for the challenges facing large numbers of blacks in these cities, he said. Quote, it is lethal to continue to direct attention away from the critical problems and challenges facing blacks and reparations is a major distraction. It's a ploy, Woodson said. It just keeps us all at each other's throats, and it's being used cynically uh, by people who really are trying to undermine the fundamental values of the nation. Now, even Ice Cube waved in on this. Um, this article reads, rapper and actor Ice Cube said recently, the black community's decade of support for Democrats have failed to bring change. Uh, during a recent interview on the Full Sin podcast, one of the hosts asked him if there was a stigma in the black community when it came to Republicans. He says, quote, I don't know what's going on in the African-American community when it comes to that. I mean, black people have supported Democrats overwhelmingly for 50, 60 years and nothing has changed. So something's got to change. I keep replied. Um, and before we get into discussion, I wanted to bring this up because uh, his, his point about the ploy and it's you know, used for political purposes. Right. So I went back and looked at some headlines throughout the last 10 years or so. And I found a very interesting common theme that happens. Okay. Um, read this headline. Uh, the headline reads, Are Transatlantic Slave Trade Reparations Due? This is the New York Times. This? 2015. 2015. What happened in 2016, guys? Election. Okay. All right. Stay with me now. Why we need reparations for black Americas. That was April 15th, 2020. What happened in 2020? Oh, an election. Oh, okay. Cory Bush says $14 trillion yeah, sure. <laughs> reparations bill will eliminate the racial wealth gap. That's May 19th, 2023. What happens, in what happens next year? Oh, I think it's an election. Oh, okay. All right. Guys, what we got on this? Um, well, didn't I say last week that the reason that, the, or maybe it was the week before, but the reason that they're trying to offer reparations is to keep black people engaged with the Democrat vote? That's the only reason. Didn't I say that, though? I'm pretty sure I said that. I mean, I've said a lot of shit. I can't remember all of it. But... <laughs> Pretty sure. I at least thought it. I think I said it. <laughs> Didn't I say it? No, you said it. No, for real. It's been said. I can't remember. All right. So that's first things first. Um, clearly a fucking ploy. If they, if these people, and, and this is the thing that bothers me about it, is that Democrats, like, I don't like Republicans either, okay? Like, I don't like any of these fuckers from the government. Like, I think we need real people who are not associated with a party who stand for certain values and we elect them as individuals to go fight for us. Mm -hmm. That's how I see the government working the best. I don't like this group think. I think it hurts everybody. It's in, and they benefit and we lose. So I'm just going to say that, you know, I choose to support Republicans generally because they stand closer to where I am at than what these fuckers do. But one thing I get frustrated with about the black community and the Democrat situation is how they try to paint it as if, the Republicans are the fucking reason or white people are the reason that these neighborhoods are fucked up. And Ice Cube is making the point that we've made on the show Multiple many, times. many times. And one of the problems that people fail to realize, dude, is that, you know, if you, were, if you truly hated a race of people, okay, would you just go out in the open and say, we fucking hate this race of people? No, it's not socially acceptable. But what you would do is you would use your positions of power to make life extremely difficult in those neighborhoods of that race. You would not prosecute violent criminals. 
You would not prosecute petty crimes. You would, you would not allocate the funds to the schools or the businesses. You, that's legitimate oppression. Oppression is not calling someone some fucking names, okay? So the problem that I have resolving in my mind is the situation of how that is not understood. Like, it's I not- I miss that. Yeah, the real racism is the looking away from the literal neglect that our black communities have had for the last 50 years. So Ice Cube is onto it, and I bet he knows it. He's just a little afraid to say it still. He knows what's going on, okay? And if you want to talk about what real racism is, that's real racism. Real racism is actual oppression. It's keeping life hard. It's keeping you in a situation where you cannot dig out of. And these people understand that the black people have basically at least become suspicious to them, all right? And now they're trying to bait them in with this promise of money. It's, 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 it's fucking, it's, that's what the fuck it is. And, and, and furthermore, I'm curious, like, where do I fall in the scale of things? Because mm-hmm. my family comes from Sicily, okay? And not only were we uh, oppressed and conquered by Africans, okay, that's our heritage, all right? When we came to the United States, we were one of the most persecuted fucking people that's ever been fucking in this country ever. And if you think about the stigma that they have painted around Sicilians and Italians in this country, what, do, what does everybody think when you say Sicilian Italian? What do they think? They think fucking mobster or gangster mm-hmm. or street criminal, yeah. okay? And they've used that to make billions of dollars, all right? So if we're going to talk about, like, yeah. oppression, Sopranos. okay, yeah. we can, yeah, and we can fucking, we could fucking do that for every single group of people that's come to the United States. At some point in the Right, system. exactly. Yeah. And so, like, dude, this is normal behavior culturally across humanity where groups of people are a tribe. And not always get along with the other tribes. And this has been going on for fucking 12 million years, dude. Or longer. Fuck, we don't even know because they don't tell us the truth. But my point is, is that this is bullshit. Everybody knows it's bullshit. And, and hopefully the Democrats understand, or, or the, the, the black communities are understanding that, like, dude, this is how unintelligent they think you are. Okay, they think that you can't see what they're doing. Like, this is the first time we tried to have conversations about reparations. That's where I was going to go with it. I think it's an <laughs> insult to people to expect them to buy into it. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a red herring to distract from what you're talking about. And if they're going to take that $14 trillion and do something with it, they do need to invest it in those neighborhoods and infrastructure that makes a difference. Yeah. Okay? It, it's purely a political ploy, and I think it's an insult to have people not see it that way or, or to believe that they're not going to see it that way. Yeah. One of the, the the things that I loved about Ice Cube because we this conversation Ice Cube originally started back in 2020. Yeah, right. He he brought out um, he brought up the point about how Trump did all the the shit for the HBCUs. Yeah. and was vocal about Dude, it. So Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. like so he, he he came up with this this plan, this document, right, and had you know it was a, a long list of things that could be done, and like you know most people hear reparations, they're thinking just direct payments, right? But like this plan laid out, you know. How to improve the school system. So he created right? the plan. Yeah, he created this plan, right? He uh, and he did not directly reach out to either side, right? Like how he how he explains it is, you know, but he got somehow got a contact with with Trump and the Republican side, right? They say, hey, dude, we we love about ninety percent of your plan. Actually, you know, we would love to add some stuff to this, right? We would like to to implement some of the stuff right now. And they and which and it happened. It did happen. He went to the Democrats, or the Democrats came to him. However, it happened. And they said, yeah, we like your plan, but come see us after the election. Wasn't that the thing 
where the HBCUs had to go back every single year to renew yeah. their government funding. Yep. And Trump said to Ice Cube and the HBCUs, like, hey, uh, you don't have to come back, bro. Um, we got you. For the first it, time ever. Yeah. And the reason the Democrats have always made the HBCUs come back is because they're trying to anchor them in for the vote. Mm-hmm. See a, what I'm saying? They're yeah. trying. They're trying to own them. Trump. Yeah. Trump actually, by quote, which doesn't Trump make said, any. I mean, that no. doesn't surprise me because no. what, what, what well, Trump said actually is a direct quote. Was he said? He said, "I'm going to give you permanent funding." He's like, "Because uh, it's not that I don't want to see you every year. I just don't want to see you for yeah, these reasons." And bro, at the time, there was black people saying. That's racist because he don't want to see him every year. Right. It's like, bro, right. you're, 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 missing com- the, you're missing the point. You're <laughs> confusing real racism with what with the fake media racism. It's two different things. I think the key thing there is Ice Cube actually created a plan, whereas there's no plan for the reparations. Like, how, how do they actually, like, no one can actually give you um, a model of how they believe that's going to help or change things. Or who gets it? Not though? only that. It's purely emotional. If you, okay, if we say $14 trillion, first of all, the conversation is a, it's, it's a non-starter. But let's just say it was a starter for the sake of conversation. If they printed $14 trillion to pay reparations, everybody in the country, that million dollars they're going to get would be worth like nothing. Yeah, it'd be like Everybody would be poor <laughs> because it would inflate the currency so high that we would have hyperinflation. Well, that's what I'm curious. I want to see the math. What's the breakdown? That like, what does everyone there is get? No everyone math, get bro. like twenty seven dollars or like, how does it even no, break no, no. down? Kyle, there is no math. That's this is no, just what I'm yeah. saying. There's no plan. This is to just it a bullshit thing. I just, it's word vomit it bullshit. It's, it's so it's, like like it's insulting. just so crazy. Like I look at this, I'm it's like, it's clickbait headline, bro. That's all it is. Yeah, and it happened. It's like, dude, like here, the proof is right here, guys. Well, the it problem is, it's more than a clickbait headline because they are going to use it to try and pander the vote. One hundred percent, and it, it happens is. every time, every fucking four. Well, no, you know what I'm saying, though. Like, I mean, it in terms of advertising, like it's a it, like if we were gonna sit down, if you and me, and we're like, fuck, all right, how do we get? How we gonna market this shit? Yeah, this is what the fuck we would come up with. Well, I think that's kind of what you know. We talked about this last time. I think it was on here where you and I have a bit of an advantage as we've worked in advertising, yeah. we've been copywriters, yeah. and I know the way words are twisted and yeah. used. Like, if someone said you have seven words to write a headline that's compelling to to sway a vote one way or another. Yeah. I could give you 12 examples yeah. that would be but, very emotionally charged. But remember the first time you ever read a copywriting book, your mind was fucking blown. I never read one. Oh, well, the first I time- learned, I learned about trial and error. Well, the first time I ever read a copywriting book, I was fucking 17 years old. I read a copywriting book and then I used the copywriting book to write a book on credit repair. And then I sold the credit repair book and classified ads. And that's how I started making that's money awesome. when I was fucking 17. That's actually badass. Yeah. I didn't know that story. Yeah. No, no. I didn't know that. There's a whole lot of stories I never tell. But that's, <laughs> well, that's why yeah. you need to write a real book. I know. Well, I, you know. I know you're busy. I'll ghostwrite yeah, that shit yeah. for you. Bro, if you and I wrote a book. Let's do it. I'm fucking in on Are that. Are we announcing it right here? I'm in 100%. I will totally do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. I think that'd be yeah. awesome. I'm in on that 100%. I think hold we on. Should. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, there we go. Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't done any breaking news in a while. It's been, it's been a yeah, minute. Yeah, but I never man. read a copywriting book. I had a really good mentor early oh, on in advertising that saw potential in my work and took me under his wing when, cool. it, when everyone else said no to me. Like, I think I told you that. I got rejected. Well, so People d- told me, you're great. You're a great writer, but your fingers are tattooed. You can't work in advertising. Like, I got rejected for being tattooed. Because I didn't really? present well to clients. You know, this is 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, now ago. it's like the coolest thing ever. Well, now it's like <laughs> clients want to work with me because I am tattooed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fucking, uh, dude, I'm sitting here thinking about this. Like for me, when, I'm, when my mind, when I first started reading like the first couple copywriting books that I ever read, I was fucking blown away. Like, like I had never, because I never pay attention to school. Dude. Like I was 
I fucked off. I played sports. That's what I did. So I'm like, and they teach you the power of language and the power mm -hmm. of word positioning and like all this different shit. And I was, my mind was blown. I was like, holy shit, bro. And like, if you consider that, like, I'm sure you probably felt the same way when you started learning at first. Once I mentor. started like trial and error and figuring yeah. out how things worked, it's like, this is so powerful. There you go. It's so, so, so that's what I'm powerful. So, so that's the realization I came to as well. But remember, most people don't have that, that awareness. They have no awareness of how the words are used against them. So it's, I mean, we're definitely at a massive advantage. because. Of that. Yeah. And I mean, I spoke about it before too, is I had a lot of peers in the writing world that when the whole thing started in 2020, divisiveness and fear mongering, I watched them. They're very talented. I watched them use their skills to be divisive or to scare yeah. people. And it pissed me off. Yeah. And I, I, I'm early on, I made the decision. I've made this whole career for myself off being outspoken. If I'm going to continue to be outspoken, I'm going to choose the side of bringing people together from the get-go. And I'm going to encourage people to question and look at things differently. Yeah. I'm going to use my skill set to do the opposite of what some of my peers were doing. And I don't even talk to those people anymore. It was yeah. actually very disheartening to see how some of them just quickly um, almost became the enemy in the sense yeah. that uh, they were just, it just, it was upsetting. I feel that way about a lot of the personal development culture. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the past two years with people trying more and more to, you know, kind of money grab online, that whole industry has been watered down. Um, That's why I don't do too much in it. What's well, one of the yeah. reasons why I don't write as much advice stuff anymore either. Like I never post reels. I don't like posting videos because it comes across as just another guy that's trying to sell a fucking coaching program. Yeah. And I I hate that. I there, hate that scene. There's some amazing, there's some amazing people that have done real shit that know real shit. Yeah. But the problem is there's so many that haven't and there's so many that aren't. And, and there is some, I mean, look, man, when I was coming out uh, and trying to build my business, you know, the internet wasn't even a thing, guys. Like it was a different game. So like the, the amount of free information that's out there from people who have actually been on the journey you're on is unprecedented and invaluable. It's just you just have to have enough discernment to know. And it's very mm -hmm. simple. It's very simple. How did this person make their money? Did they make it through coaching or did they make it through actually what they're coaching you on to do? Yeah. You know, do they actually, have they actually built this thing or are they, sell, have they made the money teaching you how to build something they never built, right? To me, that's an obvious thing to consider. Like, but apparently. Well, it's, it's, it's no different than wanting a personal trainer who's in shape. Like, it's very obvious to look and go, okay, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but people see, dude, I was very successful as a supplement guy, and I was fat as fuck. Yeah, that kind of blew my mind when yeah. I realized that. I, I broke. Because I, I, I didn't know I was about you until 2020. I was 350 fucking pounds, bro, running a fucking hundred-plus million-dollar fucking supplement brand. So if we would have been friends at the time, I would have been like, yeah. how the fuck do you sell supplements? Yeah. No, I <laughs> broke. it actually kind you of You aren't the only mind. person. That's what everybody said to me for <laughs> it you. Kind of, it, like when I, because yeah. I didn't really start, we didn't start talking until 2020. I yeah. knew of the MFCO maybe yeah. like a year before that. Yeah. I had no idea what you looked like. Yeah. And then I saw those photos and I was like, I looked at the data and I was like, wait a minute, that would, that would have mean his company was still pretty big at yeah. the time. Yeah. I was like, how the fuck is that well, possible? Well, the good thing I had, well, the thing I did have going for me is I'm, I'm like freakishly naturally strong. So like I could do things other people can't do in the gym. So, so you're like, like, I'm big, but I can still bench 450. Kind so of. like, yeah. So like, dude, that's where I got my credibility. I was Damn. just strong as fuck. Yeah. So, but I was fat as fuck too, yeah. right? Anyway. So you're just doing, you're doing your body weight. That was all body. I had. All I had was like a moose of fucking weight. Yeah. You know? Um, but I look at that kind of stuff though, because even me, 
trying to be a, a writer who writes a lot of stuff that's meant to be helpful, I've always myself tried to embody a lifestyle that practices what I preach. Like, I don't want to be out of shape because I can't take advice from someone who doesn't, clearly looks yeah. like they don't have their life together. Yeah. And so it's yeah, like, but the point of me bringing that up about the fat thing, yeah, was like, dude, clearly, it's people don't connect. People don't see it the same. No, way. and I used to get roasted online, bro, like big time. Like people be like, I'm never faking your shit. You're fat, and I used to get so mad. And then you post a video of you doing four or five. No, I no, it was because <laughs> I I did, but dude, when I so you got to understand, I was when I was in my 20s and like my low 30s is when I was at my peak for strength. Okay, that was like before the internet fucking ever started like i was 30 years old and not 2009 like social media was brand new people weren't posting fitness shit yet you yeah, know instagram i think like 2013 like it wasn't a thing that walk through and film your lifts like it is now it was like a, it's not like that so like it was i didn't have a recourse to it but it used to make me mad because i knew like i could i'm like bro i'll fucking lift your whole fucking house off the foundation like and and then i'll fucking eat your food <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and you can't do I'm shit. I'm not gonna about take your lunch money. I'm gonna yeah. take your lunch. Like, you're not doing nothing about it, bro. And so, like, that's you know, that's I used to get mad, but then when I realized after uh, a while, I'm like, fuck, you know what? These motherfuckers are right. Like, I'm not living it. I'm not doing what I what I talk about. I'm not disciplined. I'm not this. And like, dude, when I I saw this video of myself, I was speaking at a at an event because at that time I was still fuck. I was getting paid as a speaker then. Like, not not a little money either. Like, big money. Yeah. And uh, I saw this video Tyler was editing and, and I, like I saw, I couldn't fucking believe it, bro. And it just so happened. I was talking about like living at a higher standard, like the clip that I saw, like I was like talking in that clip. It was like a 10 second clip about a higher standard. And I was fat as fuck. And I saw it, bro. My, after the, that day shit changed forever. Like it fucking changed forever. Like I'll never fucking go. That person is so fucking dead, bro. Like I made it my mission to like bury them a hundred feet deep. It's not coming back. Anyway. And look at first form now. Yeah, it's quite a bit bigger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I even look at like, I'll read like books. I'm like, oh, this book's really good. And then I'll look at the author that wrote it and I'll be like, yeah. like physicality to me is like a very clear frame of reference for how someone yeah. takes care of themselves. Yeah. And if you're going to give me any kind of advice on like how to cope with, you know, some grief I'm going through, or if it's something like about like depression, like I want to see someone who, Someone looks like they have their shit together. So I'm saying, even for me as a writer, I'm far removed from the fitness space. Yeah. I've always tried to stay in shape because I don't want to be a guy that looks like I'm just says make, something making shit up. Like yeah. it shows I actually I well, sacrifice and I live some of the stuff I talk well, about. Dude, living the stuff you're talking about is the answer to all the problems we have going on in society anyway. Yeah, that's the truth. You know, when I sit here on this show or on the internet and talk about personal excellence being the ultimate rebellion, we're talking about living your story. Like you have a duty to live that story that lives within you that hasn't been exposed yet. You have a duty to become that person that no one else even knows that you have inside of you. You have a duty to do that because that shows other people how it's done. And that was what occurred to me back then. I realized that if I was going to build a successful business where people changed their lives, I had to have that story too. And I hadn't, I, I didn't, so I made it. I think the fact you have that story actually makes it more powerful than had you not gotten overweight and got over it it's particularly with the 75 hard program like that story you have there is what makes it resonate with people because you clearly have done exactly what you're preaching i couldn't live any other way anymore bro and i like what you're saying too yeah. because i had someone ask me on a podcast like a year and a half ago they say 
you know, because I'm I'm not very religious. I don't consider myself even a Christian. I kind of believe in some universal energy that connects us all, which helps me make better choices because I want to get out what I I want to get back what I put out there. But I had someone ask me, um, what is the purpose of humanity? And I think the purpose of humanity is I think it's for every person to achieve their highest potential. Yeah. I think if everyone did that, the human race continues to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And whether you believe it from a physical standpoint, an emotional or whatever standpoint, if everyone just does the best at whatever is they are here to do, which is totally different for a lot of people, that's how the race continues to thrive and evolve and change. And that's also what makes us uncontrollable to the, to the people that manipulate us. I was going to ask you something too. How much does it bother you to hear everyone talk about everything that you've been preaching for a couple of years? Because yeah. I see all the time now, I get these clips of life coaches and they're like, oh, the ultimate rebellion is personal excellence. They literally I say mean, the same shit you say yeah. that you've been preaching for years. I mean, at so, some point you're like, you feel good that you started it, yeah. but you know those people are pirating your words to There's a lot of them. sell their own crap. Right. It bothers me that they sell stuff on it um, because I don't even sell stuff on it. Um, I don't like that. But at the end of the day, and it doesn't make me mad. Yeah, I'm a competitor, bro. Like I want to fucking win. And when I innovate, and, and the truth is, like, and I'm not saying this to throw shade on anybody, but like people have copied my shit for my whole life. Yeah, you know, everything we've done in business has been different than the way it was always done. And people have, but I think it's better, right? I think it's a better way of doing business. And so when people copy it or they copy things that I say, I used to get really angry about it, but now I don't anymore because what's important is that shit changes. And so that's, that's where I am. So like when I, when I hear, cause I hear this, I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, when I hear when, and there, there's it's so hard not to mention names I, I know, on this thing. I know. But like, the thing is, is like that person could be talking to a thousand people that I've never, have never heard of me yeah. and the message is spreading yeah. and like, dude, ultimately I don't do this for myself. I do it because I think shit needs to change. And in business, it's the same thing. Like I believe that a business should be purpose-driven. I believe that a business should legit solve people's problems. I believe that you should give a fuck about your customers. I believe that you should do the best that you can to help the customer find the solution that satisfies them. I believe in a code of conduct when it comes to that. And we, my companies have changed small business culture, mm -hmm. and that's undeniable, okay? And I'm very proud of that. And I, used to, I did used to get angry. I used to get angry that people copy it but what i figured out was that you want them to copy it because it makes the whole fucking system better so that's how i look at it now that's how i used to be like, it used to be very frustrating dude and like there was no resolve to it yeah i used to be that way as a writer because people would take my quotes and they'd clip my face off it and i'd watch it go viral on a page and get like a million shares yeah. without any credit to me and it used, yeah. to, it used to drive me fucking crazy yeah. um you know what i noticed though about those dudes all those dudes that do copy that shit they they usually always um like if you would ask them, like, hey, what do you think of me? They, almost all the time, they're like, bro, that guy's fucking awesome. I learned so much and well, shit. Awesome. So like they're cool about it. Yeah. What, what bothers me is the motherfuckers who I can clearly see copying me and then they don't even follow me. Yeah, they're like, they fucking act like, they act like <laughs> they never hurt. Bro, I see your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that shit five years ago. Like, I, have that yeah. yeah. I have that happen to me too. Like I'll see some, someone will post one of my quotes and I'll go look and like, you don't even follow. Or like they do follow me. Yeah. And I'll look back and I'll see like, I'll identify like six of my quotes in their last like 30 posts. I'm yeah. Like, you motherfucker. Well, and let's be real too, bro. Like there's been people that have influenced me that yeah. were fucking great before me. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. So like I can't, like it's just the way it works. And that's how yeah, I, I think there's a difference that. between like yeah. influence and like deliberately ripping someone off. Yeah. 
I, I don't like the guys who monetize the shit directly. Like the like the there's the coaches who say the shit I say and then try to sell it to people. It's like, bro, you don't you haven't lived it. Yeah. But other than that, I think you know the important thing is that the message gets out that the the that things change. You know, business culture needed to change and it still needs to change. And the companies that do emulate what we do here, I commend you because we do it right. And it's very difficult and it's a much more difficult way of doing business. Uh, but I think it's the right way because it actually helps people with whatever it is, you know, like, I don't think there's very many customers of our companies that walk away saying like, fuck, those people didn't fucking try really fucking hard to make me better. And like, that's, that's important to me, you know? Um, and I think that's the way all businesses should be and all people should be. Yeah. I think like the mindset I adopted that kind of helped me with it is people can, they can take an idea, but they can't take the brain that created that idea. And so every time I see people use my stuff, it motivates me to write better stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. Kind of, that's kind of exactly. how I view AI. Like I know a lot of writers are really upset about AI and I don't agree with AI, but at the same time, I've looked at it and I've gone, man, I got to get better. Like right. I, I got to write such good work now that AI can't even begin to duplicate what I'm doing in my books now. I totally agree with you. Like it makes me fucking better. Like I'm friends with most of the people that compete with our company. Like I'm most of them. The only ones I'm not friends with are the motherfuckers that copy my shit and act like they don't fucking know me. Right. Okay. <laughs> but everybody else, and you can ask them all. I'm fucking good to them. I help them out. I tell them what I know. I try to make everybody, you know, like, and th that culture is the proper culture. I agree. The proper, the right, a rising tide raises all it's ships. It's a healthy competition. Yeah. And if you have a winner's mentality, you like seeing, you like seeing other companies win because it teaches you how to win better. Right. And then they, you win better and then they win better and then they win better and you win better. And the ultimate result is you both win because there's enough food out there yes. for everybody. Yeah, well, bro. If you get hung up on someone stealing something from you, all you're basically doing is admitting to yourself you're not going to create something better. You're not committed. It's, it's like, hey, That's you right. stole that, but guess what? I'm going to do something better. You're not committed to the game of winning. You need to put your focus back on what you're creating next and let go of the shit you've already done. Correct. And that's why, like, you know, me dropping the captain name off, like, I have like seven books published with that, but I'm just like, I'm considering those books like a wash. Yeah. Like they'll continue to sell, but like my next book's gonna be so much better. Yeah. I think, real books. I think there's something to be said too about like authenticity, right? Like at the end of the day, like personal excellence, the ultimate brilliant, like people know, like that's you, right? That's authentically you. Stuff you put out, that's authentically you. So even when these people do- my life. Right, but, but even these people that do try to attempt to steal that, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but at some point people are gonna be able to tell, well, that, that's not that guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not that guy. Because that's not authentically him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it'll, it'll show up, man. It'll be all right. Yeah, I think, it, I think when it comes to the work that we do, um, whether it be creating a culture in business or with a podcast or, or, or writing books or solving problems um, in any sort of organization or anything, I, I think the healthier way, like, because I used to be different. I used to be very fucking cutthroat where like, dude, I'll fucking eat all your food. I'll fucking slit your throat and I'll leave you for fucking dead. And that left me very um, empty and, oh. ve and very, very angry all miserable. the time. Miserable, yeah. miserable. And uh, as I've grown up, you know, and, and a lot of people, and I still carry that reputation sometimes because my, the way I get fiery. But the truth is, is like, I think if you ask most of my competitors, um, that compete with me in anything, whether it be a podcast or whether it be, I mean, those are some of my closest friends, bro. Those are the motherfuckers I love seeing win. I love seeing them fucking win, bro, because it teaches me like, okay, there's a new way to win. They're winning. I'm going to win some more. We're fucking, and by the way, it's no fun winning alone. It fucking sucks. You know what I'm saying? So like, dude, like for example, like Hani 
is like my best fucking friend. Okay. Like I talk to Hani Rambot every single fucking day of my life. What does he run? He runs Eva Gym, which is a competitive company. Okay. We don't even talk about the shit. Like, and in fact, when it does come up, he'll, he'll be like, you know, Hey, you guys should think about this. And I'll be like, Hey, what, what are you guys doing over here? And we, yeah, it's fucking awesome, bro. And like he wins better. I win better. And we fucking help each other. And I don't know. It's just like, you think about like, when I think about the quality of that friendship, right. That I wouldn't have ever been able to have because I was so fucking like, I thought that it was, it could only be me for so long. Right. But also I, that attitude that I had in the past was almost necessary for me to get to that far, that far. So it's like a, it's an evolution, you know? I think it's something that exists really well in the creative realm. Like you've always seen artists hang out with each other. Writers yeah. always hang out. Bands are always hanging out with each other after their yeah. shows. Like in that kind of realm, that camaraderie has always kind of been there. Yeah. But in the business realm, it very much has always been just cutthroat. Yeah. But I think it's changing. It's good. Yeah. Well, and even if it doesn't change, I'm changed because like, dude, it makes me a lot happier. Yeah. I was just saying, you're yeah. not a miserable fuck. No, anymore. because then, because it takes every single time. So bef- when you operate the first way, Every single time you see your competitor win, it ruins your fucking day. You're like, fuck. And you fucking freak the well, fuck like, out. Imagine going through live viewing everyone's your enemy. You're going to want to kill everyone. That's, That's right. Every fun. single day. And then, but then you switch the perspective to where you're, you're like, fuck. When they win, you're happy for it. Now, all of a sudden, bro, you get to feel the win when they win. Because like, dude, like for me, you know, and, and I say this with massive amounts of respect. We're, we're very big. We're a big company. We're a mature company. We've been doing this a long time. There's a lot of younger companies doing really cool shit. And I see them win and I'm like, fuck yeah, bro, that's badass. And then I see them celebrate it and I'm like, fuck, I remember what the fuck that's like. <laughs> like, dude, it fucking pumps me the fuck up, dude. Yeah. And it's just a better way to fucking look at things, I think. You know? Anyway. A we CTI. Got, yeah, right. <laughs> no, it was good. We, fuck we, AI. We do got one last, yeah. uh, one last topic, one last headline. Uh, a third and final headline, guys. Headline number three. If you don't have a good partner, you better have a good hand. Russian bridge player whose affair with Bill Gates became blackmail fodder for Jeffrey Epstein's channel's Hollywood icon, Mae West. Did you guys see this shit come out? I heard about it and know the details. Yeah, it's very, it's, 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 dude, it's weird shit, man. Um, so, so this is a Daily Mail article. How good at bridge do you have to be to be known as a Russian bridge player? I don't even know what the fuck bridge is. Isn't I had bridge to look into supposed it. to be like one of the most complex, game, hardest right? games there is? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I but think I, it's like it's I think probably it's, so complex. I don't even know about it. I yeah. think I think if I'm thinking correctly, it's actually has more combinations than uh, chess. Like it's incredibly, incredibly hard to get good at bridge. Oh, okay. hmm. Well, then that makes sense why you're recognized for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it says, this is the moment a Russian bridge player who allegedly had an affair with Bill Gates used a raunchy May West quote comparing the Microsoft co-founder's favorite card game to sex. Uh, Mila Antonova, an accomplished bridge player, faced off against Gates at a national tournament in 2009. One year later, while giving a talk on how the card game can help young people improve their mental acuity, she told of how she met Gates at the tournament and, quote, tried to kick him in the leg after losing. In her description of the game, Antonova referenced a famed quote attributed to actress, playwright, and sex symbol, uh, Mae West, good sex is like a good bridge. If you don't have a good partner, you better have a good hand. A remark that drew a round of laughter from the audience. Now, it's an old video. Um, The 13-year-old video has resurfaced after a bombshell report by the Wall Street Journal Uh, claimed that disgraced financier and convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein used his knowledge of Gates' alleged affair with Antonova 
in an attempt to blackmail the former Microsoft chief. So let's head over to the Wall Street Journal, um, which I don't know if I we, like. I mean, is it? Are we at the point of giving them credit yet? No. Okay, I, I I would agree with you because I mean they've been they've they've been very complicit in all this bullshit. It's very difficult to know where people lie at any given time because these people are operating with the current winds. Right. They're I think not, they're just doing whatever is going to be you know correct. clickbait where they can sell ads or where they can go with the narrative. Yeah, not they, so much as one. They're to not do the standing right on the truth. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, let's head over to the Wall Street Journal. Let's read. Let's let's go through this uh, bombshell report. Uh, their headline says. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein appeared to threaten Bill Gates over Microsoft co-founder's affair with Russian bridge player. Um, and they outline this in, in, in detail. Let's go through it quickly. Uh, so they report, uh, Jeffrey Epstein discovered that Bill Gates had an affair with Russian bridge player uh, and later appeared to use his knowledge to threaten one of the world's richest men, according to people familiar with the matter. The Microsoft co-founder met the woman around 2010 when she was in her 20s. Epstein met her in 2013 and later paid for her to attend software coding school. In 2017, Epstein emailed Gates and asked to be reimbursed for the cost of the course, according to the people familiar with the matter. The email came after the convicted sex offender had struggled and failed to persuade Gates to participate in a multi-billion dollar charitable fund that Epstein tried to establish with J.P. Morgan Chase. The implication behind the message, according to the people who have viewed it, was that Epstein could reveal the affair if Gates didn't keep up an association between the two men. Quote, uh, Mr. Gates met with Epstein solely for philanthropic purposes. Having failed repeatedly to draw Mr. Gates beyond these matters, Epstein tried unsuccessfully to leverage a past relationship to threaten Mr. Gates, a spokeswoman for Gates uh, said. Uh, Epstein, of course, was accused in 2006 of sexually abusing girls as young as 14 and pleaded guilty in 2008 to soliciting and procuring a minor for prostitution. He spent time in a Florida jail and registered as a sex offender. After the Miami Herald reported on dozens more women who said that they were abused, he was arrested in 2019 on sex trafficking charges. He died later that year in jail awaiting a trial and what the medical examiner ruled was a suicide. Uh, now, we know Bill Gates. Uh, we know his background. But Mila Antonova, the Russian bridge player, declined to comment on Gates and said, that, uh, said she didn't know who Epstein was when they met. Quote, I had no idea that he was a criminal or had an ulterior motive, she said of Epstein. Quote, I just thought he was a successful businessman and wanted to help, she added. Uh, quote, I am disgusted with Epstein and what he did. Now, this is uh, Mila. There's the picture of Mila with Bill Gates. You guys, remember, head over to andyforsella.com. You can find these there or go down the uh, YouTube description below. Um, so how it apparently all started. Antonova had an idea to start an online business to teach people how to play bridge, and she sought funds for it, according to documents viewed by the Wall Street Journal. Boris Nikolic, uh, uh, a Gates confidant and top science advisor at the time, who also knew Epstein, introduced Antonova to Epstein to help her raise the funds, the documents prove or show. Uh, Nikolic said when he first met Epstein, it was in his capacity as Gates' scientific advisor, and they discussed philanthropic proposals. Quote, I deeply regret that I ever met Epstein, Nicolet said. Uh, quote, his crimes were despicable. I never saw anything like his illegal behavior. 
My heart goes out to his victims and their families. Antonova and uh, Nikolic met at Epstein's townhouse in November of 2013, where she presented her proposal to Epstein, who provided feedback. Documents show she was looking to raise uh, $500,000 for the venture, which she called Bridge Planet. Its mission was to, quote, promote bridge by creating quality tutorials for beginners and advanced players. How the fuck does that cost 500 fucking grand, bro? You could do that for five fucking grand. Probably trying to build like a whole website and an app or some stuff too, like paying for all that coding. I Shit, guess. bro. I know how to do that for cheap. I'm a bootstrapper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buy my course. <laughs> $500,000. That's right. Uh, so apparently on November 9th, Antonova wrote an email to thank Epstein for the meeting and reviewing the proposal. Epstein ultimately didn't invest in the project, Antonova said. After she failed to secure funding for Bridge Planet, Antonova said she decided to become a software programmer and asked several people to lend her money for a programming boot camp. Sounds like she's just like digging for money. Mm -hmm. What it sounds like to me. I don't know. Sounds like she's just young and trying to hop around trying to find something that she can make happen. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, quote, Epstein agreed to pay, and he paid directly to the school. Nothing was exchanged. I don't know why he did that, she said. Quote, when I asked, he said something like he was wealthy and wanted to help people when he could. The next year, in November of 2014, Antonova stayed briefly at an apartment in New York City provided by Epstein. Quote, I didn't interact with him or with anyone else while there, she so said. So she thought. Yeah, so she says. Yeah, the fucking every <laughs> single thing in, the, in that apartment in his buildings is recorded. Mm -hmm. Everything. So here's the J.P. Morgan connection. While he was meeting with Gates, Epstein also had multiple meetings scheduled with other people close to Gates, including Nikolic, former Microsoft executive Nathan Marvel, and Gates Foundation staffer Melanie Walker. All of these documents show. Uh, quote, Mr. Epstein was a regular at TED conferences, and he was a large donor to basic scientific research. That is how and why Nathan knew him, and that's exactly where their association ends, said a spokesperson for Marvel. Quote, I should never have associated with him, and now I am thankful that he never invested in my endeavors, said Nickley. A spokesman for Ms. Walker declined to comment on her meetings with Epstein. Um, it says, quote, in essence, this fund would, will allow Bill to have access to higher quality people, investment, allocation, governance without upsetting either his marriage or the sensi uh, sensitivities of the current foundation employees. Epstein wrote on August 16th, 2011 to two top JP Morgan executives, Jace, uh, Jess Staley and Mary Edros. This is a very like deep report that they put out a lot of fucking turns and table turns. Um, they're trying to pretend they're being journalists. again. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, here's the weird thing. Days before he died in 2019, Epstein changed his will and named Nikolic as a backup executor. Uh, Nikolic had said uh, Epstein didn't discuss the idea with him beforehand and that he subsequently denied to serve. Um, he says, quote, he, he couldn't have listed Bill because that would have been too obvious. So he chose me, he said. Quote, I have come to believe it was likely a retaliatory move against Bill Gates. Um, and even CNN reported on it. So. So what went on here? He tried to extort Bill Gates for the cost of the tuition to be reimbursed? Yeah, but that wasn't what he was actually doing. Mm -hmm. What he was actually doing was telling Bill Gates in a very subtle way that if you don't do what the fuck I want, I'm going to fucking tell on you. 
Yeah. So it wasn't about the fucking partnership. It was yeah, about you're going to do whatever the fuck I say. 100%. That, that, was, that was like a poke, a laying of a card. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a threat, but it was like, you understand you're doing what I tell you. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with the reimbursement. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, shocking. Okay. Since the whole thing has been an operation to blackmail and compromise the world's most powerful people for the whole time. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and if you consider all the things that Bill Gates has done since he became, you know, the new Bill Gates, not the old nerdy guy from, you know, the eighties who invented Microsoft and was a, the world's richest man for a long time. The new Bill Gates, the guy who goes around and, you know, tries to push vaccines and becomes a medical expert and all these things. All right. The new Bill Gates, uh, was compromised intentionally to push those narratives. Right. And I think he's still compromised. Yeah. But dude, you have to remember what we said about Zuckerberg a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we talk about like all these other big name celebrities. Like th- this is how things have been controlled for a very long time. This is the, this is the veil of reality that you live in being lifted. All right. They, if they can compromise people in this way, and these people already have success, already have wealth, already have power, they don't want to lose those things. All right. So, what happens is these people say, well, fuck it. I'll go along with these people because it doesn't affect me. And in fact, I continue to get richer and I continue to live the life I want. And you know what? It sucks, but at least I'm not fucking one of them, meaning one of us. Okay. So that's how the world is created. That's how the social narratives are created along with the implementation of them through uh, initiatives down through corporate America. Okay. Diversity, inclusion, ESG, uh, all of these things that qualify them for financing from their banks, all right? And, and everybody's talking about that now. Everybody's talking about the uh, DEI and ESG and the woke shit being propagated. You guys don't understand. They have to do a percentage of woke shit to qualify for their funding. That's why these companies, you guys think they're just stupid. No, the, the communism has infected the fucking banking system, which has now affected the culture through the people that are employed by these big companies. That's the point. It's about changing culture through the companies. And so that's why you see these companies doing crazy ass shit. Like Target is literally running themselves into legit bankruptcy where they're going to fail. They're going to go out of business. Remember I said this, they are going to go out of business. Apparently they just had an emergency meeting. It's too late. It's too fucking late. It's too late. late. It's too late, bro. It's, it's the, people just still don't understand what's going on. Like this is a very small amount of very elite people who have controlled reality and manipulated reality for a very long time. And this is why I try to tell you guys, we have never been free. We have never not been oppressed. You just have been taught that we weren't oppressed and not, you haven't looked at the people who are actually oppressing us, which are the people that were teaching us that the whole time. So like everything that you know as a human being uh, outside of like natural order stuff, right? Like the winning, you have to be good to win. If you're slow gazelle, you get eaten. Those things are, that's natural order. Everything else has been manipulated. Like you've been, you hate, the reason you hate people is because you've been taught to hate people. The reason you think certain things about certain cultures is because you've been taught it. The reason that you don't like Middle Eastern people is because you, you believe what they told you after 9-11. Okay. You, you guys, you guys have to come to terms that we have all been manipulated and lied to. And the way they've done it is by sexual blackmail bullshit like this. This is just the tip of what's going on. And when you consider how easy it would be to, to blackmail someone who was on video with a minor 
What could you not get that person Especially to do? Especially when, when someone who has that much to lose. Bro, but think about it even on a lesser scale. It's, think about like actors. Think about like athletes, yeah, right? All the ones that, you know, went along with these narratives yeah. for no reason. Look, bro, nowhere. these people are highly compromised. These people's lives are probably like this fucking total stress ball anxiety because they're leveraged hard as fuck. And like, you know, that. <laughs> I, have, I have two good stories about it. So yeah. one of my good friends is uh he's he's in the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. Big actor. Um oh like he's in them. Yeah, he's like he's he's a big deal. We're not going to use his name, but he has been pushing back against Hollywood for a long time and he's to the point now where we were him and I were talking about 2 weeks ago. He's he wants to leave acting. Mm -hmm. He's just like I'm done with this. He's mm -hmm. like I can't have an opinion. I can't talk about what I care about. He keeps trying to like start these independent production companies to do things himself and he just gets roadblocked from everybody and so he's just trying to think of you know he's essentially at a point where he's like i need i need a new career move like mm -hmm. i can't do this hollywood shit anymore because he very much speaks out about everything that went on with COVID. he speaks out about how they're trying to manipulate us and he just gets it's a it's miraculous that he still was able to to be in the marvel films at the status he's at and have that kind of opinion and i feel for him because he's someone who genuinely likes acting Mm -hmm. Like he likes being an actor. It's all he ever wanted to be. He mm -hmm. enjoys it. He loves doing voiceover. He loves all that shit. And he's just at a point now where he just, I don't think he's going to continue it much longer because of he's, he won't play the game and he knows it's just going to, his career is kind of at a point where he, well, the good news is go after that. I feel like all of that stuff is crumbling. Hopefully. I feel like this stuff, I feel like what I just said, and I said the same shit three years ago and everybody freaked the fuck out. You're fucking crazy. That's where we start making the jokes about tinfoil and, mm -hmm. and stuff. But I think now enough people are realizing what, what is actually going on here? Like, what is this? And they're looking at it and then they're like, you know, kind of reasoning what could be. And I think now people are starting to understand that, holy shit, man, like we are literally living in the matrix right now. This is not, you know, this is not, you know, we're becoming what George Orwell talked about in 1984. No, dude, we are, we are what yeah. George Orwell I, talked I a, about. I have a second story. Like, I'll admit, you know, a couple of years ago when all this gender ideology stuff started kind of getting popularity, I didn't think it was a big deal. I kind of just brushed it aside. No, because you're an American dude. It's like fucking, you know what? As long as it's not hurting me. Yeah, exactly. Cool. That's what I think too. I didn't care. I, yeah. was like, I was like, do your thing, whatever. I used to go to drag shows all the time. I think, yeah. they're, I think they're wildly entertaining. Bro, I lived across the street from a gay bar for like fucking five years, dude, in Springfield, Missouri called Martha's Vineyard. The dudes that were in That's actually a great name. That's huh? actually no. a great name. No, for real. That's a great name. Let me tell you something, dude. Yeah. Coolest fucking people ever. Cool. I, and dude, a lot of them, most of them still are. Bro, I went in there fucking probably a hundred times, dude. Never fucking treated bad. Always treated no. good. Always cool. Like, it's cool. Yeah, same thing. So yeah. like, years ago, I used to love going to gay bars. I go to drag shows, all that kind of stuff. When all this stuff started getting popular, I didn't really, I, I didn't really care. Recently, though, I, I wrote a children's book called William is a Weirdo. And it's just a book about a kid who is just weird. And it doesn't mean that he's like- You mean God, he's weird? Like he doesn't want to cut off his dick? Yeah, he's yeah, just that's a, weird now. Like, it's <laughs> like we all have these weird things about us that make us unique. And I, I said this on a podcast not too long ago. I think the biggest loss in society right now is the loss of the individual. Because yeah. if you have these weird things about you, especially at that young age, you're told that you need to be pushed into you know, a different gender or a different yeah. political. or they, they find a way to tell you your weirdness is, is a sign for something else. And so I wrote this book. I have a phenomenal literary agent. My books have sold very well. And we pitched it to 15 publishers. And we're like, oh, someone's definitely going to pick this up. It got rejected 15 times. And they couldn't tell me why it was getting They're rejected. They're afraid of it. 
They couldn't tell me. So they would, I, I have all the rejections. It was stuff like, love the book, not for us. Good luck with this. Just like very generic. Because they did love it. They couldn't tell me why they wouldn't publish it. Because they're cowards. So I got on the phone. With, I, I put on my Instagram story. I said, does anyone have a connection to the publishing world that's willing to talk to me? A publisher wrote me and said, I'll talk to you. So I got on the phone call with her. And I was like, off the record, is this book being rejected because it doesn't fit the current agenda of children's books? And without a doubt, she said 100%. If you go to a Barnes & Noble, the way Barnes & Noble table space works is it's rented like real estate. So they pay for a 12 by 12 spot to put whatever books they want there. If you go to a Barnes & Noble in the children's book section, it's books that are literally called like anti-racist baby. A is for activism. Like it's all books that are very much pushing this, this, uh, this agenda with gender ideology, politics, all that kind of shit. And they're not no, even letting kids be fucking kids, bro. They're not. And Stealing so that's the big issue childhood. for me. And yeah, me so too. the fact there's, and I know you, you enjoy the story because you also write children's books. At that young age, when you are so impressionable and you come across anything that's hard that makes you question yourself and all you're being surrounded with is this talk that, oh, if you're uncomfortable, it means you're probably a different gender. If you're uncomfortable, it's this and this. You're not at an age to comprehend that. It's you just having your own unique, weird, individual, you know, No, you're supposed to trust your parents and the teachers and all the adults. And they tell you that shit and then you just don't even question it. Yeah. So until I experienced this massive rejection with my book by the publishing world, I, I, my eyes weren't that opened my eyes like, holy fuck, it is a yeah. very deliberate thing being done. And fortunately, this publisher I talked to agreed to take it on. It's available for pre-order now. I'm going to plug it. Williamsaweirdo.com. You can pre-order this book. I think the book's going to sell phenomenally well once it gets out in the world. But the fact that no publisher would touch it, even given my track record of selling hundreds of thousands of books, blew my fucking mind. Yeah. And when they told me why, it just clicked. And I went to Barnes & Noble, and sure as shit, everything is down one lane right now with children's books. They're well, all pushing one narrative, and it's fucking... It should be terrifying as a parent to know that that is deliberately being done by big publishing houses. You know what the problem is, bro? You don't, you don't have a tinfoil hat. <laughs> I told him that if you had a tinfoil, if you had a tinfoil hat, you would have known this was going to happen. I'll get you one though. I got you. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I saw it as an issue and I saw it as like, you know, I'm, I, I'm a father myself. I didn't see it as that big of an issue until I experienced those 15 rejections. Yeah. And they like, even my agent was like, I don't know what to tell you, Kyle. She's like, I, I don't know what to tell yeah. you. You put some good transgender story in there though. Well, I, I made the joke. Yeah. I made the joke. I said, if this book was called William finds his pronouns instead of William is a weirdo, it would get published tomorrow. Yeah. And the publisher I was talking to said, Oh, absolutely. She's like, you would have sold that book in the first day. Yeah. Bro. Do you see some of the state legislators are starting to like, ban that shit in schools mm -hmm. like nebraska just yesterday mm -hmm. nebraska banned uh uh transition surgeries and i believe they also put some sort of restriction i could be wrong on it but about pronoun use in in schools yeah so we're starting to see some like legislation to actually stop some of this shit that's going well, that's on. good so yeah. i i have i have a friend too who moved from la to austin and they're they're very well off they they have a i think a three-year-old and they were trying to find a monastery school to put their their uh i believe it's a boy no, it's a girl, three-year-old girl. They're trying to find a monastery school to put her into, and they go to the nicest one in Austin. Mm -hmm. They got all these referrals, one of those ones that's hard to get into, and they tell him, oh, the great thing about our school is we don't, we don't have genders. Like the male staff can change the girl's diapers, and the female staff can change the boy's diapers. Oh, and that's just what we want. And he literally said, he's like, fuck 
no. Yeah. Like there's no way a male staff is changing my three-year-old daughter's diaper. No. Like as a dad, I had to prevent that. So he told me, he's like, Kyle, I'm not even Christian. He's like, I put my daughter in a Christian school because the only school in Austin that still honors the difference between a boy and a girl. Dude, my brother's had to move uh, his three kids like four different times. It's fucking because of weird crazy. shit. Crazy. Yeah. It's scary. And like I'm at the point now where like my girlfriend and I already discussed like our son's probably just gonna be like, we're just gonna bring in tutors and I travel out anyway, so we're just gonna educate him on the road. But like, I don't even know if he's ever even gonna go. Into he won't a get any school. a better education than what you can offer him. That's what I think too. Yeah, I, I agree with it. that. There's no teacher. You're like the coolest fucking dad in the world, bro. You <laughs> take, take your, that. Thank you. No, it's real shit. Like you take your kid into real life. You do stuff with them. You know, not just like kitty stuff, but like take them everywhere. Yeah, like yeah. it's cool. Like I like yeah. watching it. I yeah, think thank I, you. other people do too. I mean, that's why you got such a good following. But it's you know that's the way kids should be raised. They should be ra like that's how I was raised. I was raised to the real world from day one. Like, like gr growing up, like my, you know, did I have the perfect childhood? No. Okay. But like, I had a pretty fucking good one. And the, the best part about it was this. Uh, I, I learned a lot about shit that fucked people up and why not? You shouldn't do those things. But I also learned the real world from the very beginning. One of the first things my dad ever taught me when we were three and four years old was how to shake someone's hand. And he used to say this to us, dude. We'd be going somewhere and I can remember being like a little bitty kid and him like stopping the car. He said, okay, we're going to go in here and you're going to meet this and this and this. And what are you going to do? And we would be like, we're going to shake his hand firmly and look him in the eye and say, nice to meet you. Like we were taught that from like three years So there's years actually old. a children's book. I think it's called look them in the eye when you shake their hand, something along those lines. Yeah. That's about teaching young boys to be men. Yeah. And the same publisher who published William is a weirdo for me. They also published that book and they said other publishers reached out to them, said, really, you published that? And she's like, why wouldn't I? It's a good, it's a good message. Yeah. But even the fact of like just raising a young boy to be a young man is something that the large body of the publishing world is, is, is not supporting right now. That's because they don't want men. They don't want men. Look at every single social agenda that's out there for the last 15 years. They don't want men. They want women saying, I can do everything a man can do. You can't do everything a man can do. There's very, it's a very obvious thing. Nor can a man do everything you can do. I say I'm not going to cut my dick off and say I can fucking. I'm just saying, pump out like a baby. there are there are <laughs> clear differences. Yeah, everybody knows them, and there's a big, large percentage of the population that's pretending as if it's not true. Like if you put a grown man, and this has been experienced, in the swimming pool with a bunch of girls, he's going to destroy them. If you do the same in an MMA ring, they're going to destroy him. A man can do things physically. That a woman cannot do this in most cases. Now, are there exceptions? Yeah. There's also a lot of weak men out there. Right. Right. And right. it's the truth. Okay. But if you take a peak male and a peak female, the peak male physically will fucking destroy the female. That is undeniable fucking fact. So there are, there is a net, there is necessity for that. Not because you, because of protection purposes and providing purposes and all these things that people need. And like the division of this, culture between men and women like the the fucking red pill community shit that you see going around yeah like bro you like i understand that the pendulum has to swing back right because like a lot of you dudes like being just being real like a lot of you guys have been supplicating pussies for a long fucking time okay you haven't stepped up to be men for a long time that's your whole fucking problem but this whole thing has sw swung back so far where now you have these dudes teaching these other dudes like bro get a sterilization and don't fuck and, and like use these women for what they're good for. And it's like swung back. Like, bro, listen, neither extreme is, is beneficial for society. 
A partnership is required for the maximum successful life, however you define it, whether you define it as building something, whether you define it as peace and happiness and prosperity, whether you define it as a humble life, a meek life that you live with just a significant other. The qualities of a man and a woman are required for a fruitful life. And like, dude, we have these social movements that are intentionally dividing people at the polarities, which is hurting everybody. Like, I don't know one successful dude. Like, I really don't. I don't know one successful dude that built it on his own. Not a single fucking one. Well, and you look at like the successful guys that are, <clears throat> you know, say like the guys that are single and have a lot of money, they all appear fucking miserable too. Well, but, but, but dude, there's a difference between having a lot of money and actually building something. Yeah. There's so many ways now to gain access to funds that aren't necessarily building something, right? Like we just talked about the coaching shit, right? Like there's all these different ways. <sighs> and dude, by the way, that's only part of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, what about all the other times? Like, who's going to protect the household? Who's going to do these things? Somebody like, there's just the whole fucking thing is insane. Like the feminism, the extreme feminism, the extreme, like, I don't know what they call the new thing. I think they call it red pill community. I don't know what's called. I don't know. It's called assholes. Yeah. I, I fucking like, <laughs> but like, dude, I, I, I watch these dudes and I'm like, okay, they're, they're saying some real shit. Like you're saying some real shit that some young men need to hear, but then you're taking it too far. That's the problem with a lot of things is they'll like, I can't there's a political term for it where they use a truth to bury a lie. It's actually a term. They, oh, fuck, I wish I could remember the term, but that's how a lot of these movements are started is they find something that's true that universally most people agree with and they bury lies in it. And it's used a lot in politics in like, uh, there's a style of speech writing mm -hmm. that basically, God, I wish I could think of the word right now. It basically, um, teaches you to kind of write that way mm -hmm. where you can like use truths to tell lies. Mm -hmm. And that's how a lot of that shit is. Cause you hear some of that stuff and you're like, okay, they're saying stuff that people need to hear when they bury all this bullshit in there and it happens everywhere right now. Mm -hmm. It's social media, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well guys, let's, uh, that's the best part for last. What's that? Ice cream? No. Well, I only you and I are getting ice cream. Remember? Oh, that's, right. I got the <laughs> that's right. That's correct. <laughs> guys, we got thumbs up or dumb as fuck. That's where we, uh, I like that name a lot better than what it used to be. What was it? It was like two here? thumbs up or two thumbs in the butt or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't much, stop that. This is much better. It just wasn't. It, I wasn't we tried. We tried. What was it? Thumbs up or no? What was it? What was the other one we tried? It was who two, thought, who thought of this fuck? one? Is this you, Andy? You know what? I, you know, there's a trophy over there that's got a goat with two dicks on it for a reason. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's right there. That, that, goat, that goat has two dicks. That's my trophy. And there's a reason I got it. It ain't because I come up with dumb shit. <laughs> All right. Guys, this no, is actually we... DJ came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> I say it's good though, because it's like it's as a copywriter, it's got yeah. a good rhyme and cadence to it. Like this good? is a solid line. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Give my motherfucking trophy back. How about that? No. Nope. <laughs> I'm still getting the ice cream. Bro. Yeah, we're getting ice cream, bro. <laughs> Guys, uh, this is where we show a headline. It'll get one of those two uh two tags. So that that's uh thumbs up or dumb as fuck headline reads. Dollar General manager chases thief, hits him with her car. Video goes viral. Have you guys seen this? No. no. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, so a Dollar General manager has created a buzz on social media after a video of her chasing down a store thief has gone viral. Apparently, the robber used to regularly steal from the store. Tired of his way, the manager chased him down while he was on a bicycle and hit him with her car. 
uh, the thief fell from his cycle and all the stolen goods were scattered on the road. Uh, after a shouting match between the two in which both of them abused each other, the manager tried, uh, the manager retrieved some items, put them in a car, drove away. Uh, before the manager left, she also uh, picked up the thief's bicycle and threw it to the side. The thief retaliated by throwing some stolen products. Let's just watch the video. But the I don't even need to see the video without a doubt. I think it's two thumbs up. Bro, it's fucking awesome. It's consequences that people don't have anymore. The, the, Dude, I saw a meme. I saw a meme that uh, it said, uh, it said, a lot of y'all are claiming to have demons when really you just got consequences of your actions. Yes, mm. I love that. Yeah, bro. It <laughs> said something like that. I'm yeah, paraphrasing. Well, I was but, like, I was talking to someone like back in the day, you could shoot a guy dead at high noon for cheating in cards, you know? Yeah. Well, like, there's we, consequences. We're back there. We're back there. Yeah, we are there. But we just got the law. We see the law to fall apart a little bit more. Like, guys, can you make up your minds? Like, let's enforce the law. Let's just take the laws away. Yeah. Because then we can take the laws away and we'll fix society real fucking fast. Dude, when people know that there's going to be consequences like that, they, they straight. There's up. only consequences for one fucking kind of person right now in society, and that's the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay? So it's anyone who goes against their fucking narrative. So anyone who acts outside the narrative, they get the, the law imposed on them. Anyone else, crimi real criminals that just fuck up society, they get yeah. a fucking pass. Yeah. We just need to, like, bro. You got to roll a little collapse more. It, collapse a little more. Yeah. Because it's the only thing, it's the only thing keeping these motherfuckers well, it's from like, being fucking taught very difficult lessons. It's like that other quote. I think you have it on, on one of your guns or something where it says the problem these days is people no longer drink from the skulls of their enemies. Yeah, yeah. Right. Once you have that like written down the side of one of your guns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like when I first heard that That's line. That's what I says, make my fucking day. <laughs> when I first heard that line, it was, one those, it was one of those things where I was like, fuck, I wish I yeah. <laughs> like that was one of those things yeah. I was like damn I wish I wrote that like yeah. it was so good bro yeah. I'm a I'm like a fucking paradox though bro like part of me I feel that way and then the other part is like I like you have to really be my enemy like I can't just like yeah but that's human though that's what I'm saying yeah. about being a weirdo like the whole thing about William being a weirdo is the whole books about these paradoxes in his life like yeah. different things he likes but he's yeah. not one thing or the other he just happens to have a variety of hobbies and beliefs which every person has yeah and that that's why we have so much of the mental bullshit we have going on because everybody believes that you have to fit in one category exclusively this is what feeds cancel culture you should be a paradox huh yeah everyone right. should be if yeah. you're not a paradox you're a parrot if you don't have you don't want to be that i just thought of that yeah. copyright right there yeah <laughs> <laughs> say that shit again when i ain't talking <laughs> that's good stuff uh, if let's you're check not, if you're not a paradox you're a parrot Kyle Creek, not the captain. Yeah, not, not, bro, <laughs> that fake. should be the name, not the captain. No, I'm going to oh, use my fuck, real name. That'd be so great. <laughs> that'd be so great. I already have a name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see this video. Let's watch this fucking video. It's crazy, man. Here it is. Now the criminal's on the bike. Oh, shit. <laughs> Are these guys brother and sister? Bro, there's mustard all on the driveway. This is amazing. I'm all for it. I can say good for her. First of all, these 
These motherfuckers are brother and sister. They got you think they're hundred percent. <laughs> Look at the way they're arguing and fighting. Like these two fuckers know each other. They're at least old friends. Yeah. They definitely fucked There's at a some history. point. There's a history these there. motherfuckers know each other. Okay, they're not arguing. This is not a random Dollar General store manager with a criminal. This is fucking no. Well, it says that she had been in there several times. Yeah, he stole from because he was always times. doing it. Yeah, well, he was in there several times for something else. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just saying. These two motherfuckers know each other. With that being said, dude, she deserves a fucking award. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I love this. And if I'm wrong about it, I'm not. Listen, I'm just teasing. Yeah, right. right. I love. What Don't you hit me with here. your car. Yeah. Hopefully, she doesn't get. Well, any I'm not kind trying to of... disrespect. That's no, all. No, it's, it's just funny conversation. Like that shit looks funny. Well, the unfortunate thing about this is hopefully she doesn't get some kind of charges. Well, that's the that's. I mean, here's here's the thing in which there. I, as of right now, there's not been a, a update to the situation, but uh, social media. <clears throat> Uh, of course, everybody's been commenting their uh, opinions on this. One Twitter user wrote, if I was rich, I would send people like her boatloads of money, change their life money. Uh, while another one said, quote, we need more of this, much, much more of this. Um, a third Twitterati commented, quote, we are fed up with people stealing. That's one of the many reasons why prices are so high on goods in the store. Uh, and then you also got other people that are saying uh, stuff like this, quote, I'm on the fence with this. They were both wrong. I think she was just fed up, and this was the last straw. I hate that she will, uh, she will get fired for this. We have to stop normalizing stealing no matter how rich the company is. Hope he does some jail time before he wins his lawsuit. You know, people have been on the fence, but the thing is, it's like, okay, well, I mean, if, if Dollar General does fire her from this, where else would she go? You know, Walmart? I don't know. People are stealing from there, too. That's why they're closing down their stores. You know, and, like, when you have law enforcement that are not supporting or, you know, or not being supported, I should say, uh, to do their jobs and you got prosecutors not prosecuting these people who are stealing. What else? I mean, what if else do I you expect? If I were the owner of that particular location, I would give her a bonus because she didn't need to put herself your in goods. Yeah. Like she doesn't have any skin in the game for making money off that. She's just, she's getting paid an hourly wage yeah. and she went out of her way. And I would, I think it's awesome. But sadly, if that motherfucker lawyers up, he will, he could get win. a settlement. Mm -hmm. That's the world we live in. And that's just fucking awful. I mean, but that's Pathetic. the thing. It's like, I feel like with her, she's in a lose-lose like position, right? Because if she does not do anything to stop the stealing, right? Dollar General will do just like Walmart did. They'll just start closing down the fucking stores. That's the reason why they've been closing down stores. They're closing down the stores. Theft is an issue. It's higher than what it has historically been, right? That was the CEO of Walmart. So it's like, no, she's, no, no. It's not higher than it's historically been. It's at an all-time historic high. That's a misquote. That, that, that might be what he said, but he's mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah. It, theft right now is at an all-time historic high. All-time. Yeah. And we have to like think about why that is. Okay, so we purposefully don't prosecute criminals. Criminals create more crime. Companies shut down, which put, puts more people in poverty. See? Which makes them have to steal more. Yeah, it creates a cycle. But yeah. my point is, they are trying to third world in the United States of America. All right? And, and, and that same exact cycle is created with cancel culture. Okay? Bud Light puts Dylan Mulvaney on a fucking beer can and the entire fucking population, rightfully so, gets pissed off. Okay? They stop buying Bud Light. But who suffers from that? It's not the rich executives. None of the rich executives are losing a fucking dollar. It's the working class motherfuckers that work right up the road here at Gray Eagle 
the biggest AB distributorship here in this area that are fucking getting laid off. Okay. So like this shit is intentional to create more destruction economically and socially in this country. This is the reason why the border is wide open. This is the reason why crime is not prosecuted. This is what they talk about in Klaus Schwab's fucking books. Okay. They talk about you owning nothing and being happy, and they make it seem like it's a utopia. Well, now you're getting a taste of what this is going to look like. This is going to look like a third world country that a very few rich people exist in, and they rule over all the very extremely poor people. And so that, when I look at this, that's how I see it. Yeah. What do you think? I just hope she doesn't get in trouble for it. Like, yeah. I just want to, I, I, I what do you really... think, bro? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, 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 like I said, I think she's in a lose-lose situation here. Um, I think she sucks. She come work it, for me. Super sucks. I fucking hire her. So, even if I own a store in the area, I would hire her knowing that she's going to look after my shit. Right. Well, I mean, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like, bro, I think she's just more concerned about her job. Like, she knows that if theft continues, bro, she's, the store's going to Listen, man. She's look, just trying to make look, fucking look, ends look, meet. Look, 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 look. Real talk. You and I talk about this a lot. Most of black culture is fucking sick of this shit. They're fucking sick of it. Okay? There's... Like we, we have this identity grouping thing going on where we, we put everybody into these groups. There's a shit ton of black people in America that look at what's going on with the black crime and they're fucking appalled and embarrassed. I've been told that probably a thousand times in my DMs where I've had people that listen to the show who are African-Americans or black Americans, whichever you choose to call them, who say, man, this is fucking embarrassing, bro. Like, I don't know how, I don't know what the fuck to do. I hear that all the fucking time. You fucking said that to me. Okay. So let's not pretend that there's a whole bunch of, that there's not a whole bunch of really good black people that are fucking tired of this kind of fucking shit happening. They're fucking tired of it. And so we have to be honest about the situation, bro. This is not black, white. This is not left, right. It's not fucking gay, straight. It's fucking up, down. It's them, the rich. And not rich like me, rich. I'm talking about rich, rich. I'm talking about control the fucking world, rich. It's them and then the rest of us. And their whole game is to make us hate each other in every single fucking way possible so that in hopes that we don't notice what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. That's Which is true. maybe, what, a thousand people at the top of that? <sighs> you know, top of that I, I think you could fix it. I think you could fix it with a fucking brutal execution of about 100 people. That's what I honestly think you could fix it with because you could make it so fucking brutal, like Braveheart, like legit brave. People think I'm joking when I say this, like legit Braveheart shit. Okay. Put them on a fucking table, pull their fucking heart out, show it to everybody. This is what happens when you oppress fucking people in this fucking earth. This is what happens when you do criminal shit. And if they did that to the top 100 influential people, the, all of this shit would cure itself in a fucking day. And that's what needs to happen. It's what needs to happen. And then we all drink out of their skulls. Yeah, for real. And it needs to, and, and bro, it needs to be propagated and fucking, uh, I don't know, like in the Smithsonian or wherever history is told, this is what happens when tyrants fuck with the common man. That's what needs to happen. Historically, it happened a lot. It, it's, dude, it's, it's it the only- It always happens. The, do you know why it happens? You know why it happens. It happens because it fucking solves the problem. Like, bro, there's a reason that Vlad the Impaler put a fucking thousand of his soldiers, his opposing soldiers' heads on a fucking stakes. Well, and there's a reason in medieval times it was a public spectacle to watch someone get beheaded. 
Yeah. Because it, everyone saw that and it was like, obviously it was a form of entertainment because people have this voyeuristic instinct, but at the same time you're like, oh fuck. Yeah, I don't I'm like that to be I'm me. Not gonna, I'm not going to do what that well, guy bro, just did. Well, bro, you know, that people give the Middle Eastern cultures a hard time, right? Because they chop people's fucking hands off in some of these places. Well, guess what? Nobody steals shit in those places. Okay? So, like, criminals have to be held accountable. And criminals that are doing this level of crime, where it's literally ruining people's lives at scale, deserve the harshest punishment that history have ever possibly fucking imposed on anybody to ensure that it never happens again. Because bro, what we're witnessing and what we're living through is the worst crimes against humanity that has ever existed ever in humanity. You guys say, oh, well, fucking Mao killed millions of people. Stalin, these guys killed millions of people. Yeah, you don't understand where this is going yet. We're in the middle of it, bro. It's gonna get way worse. And this is global. It's not just in one country with one fucking crazy dictator. Right, it's very, very, very true, man. So what, what are we giving this guy? A thumbs up, dude. Oh, I'll give her me thumbs up. I'll give her a job too. too. Oh, well, I like that. I love it, man. Well, guys, Andy, Kyle, that's all I got. Guys, let us know what you think in the comments. Make sure you click subscribe and uh, don't be a hoe. Share the show. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, that's a no, headshot, case closed, closed.